0: Welcome to The Hunter's Hub. We're going to do a different kind of show today. Um, The name is still undecided, but it's looking like Bickering Bucks. The name of the original podcast we were going to do together, but never happened. This is your host, Forton slash Cham, um, because we'll be referring to each other at first name basis, it sounds like. And joined tonight uh, by Brian. How you doing? Hello. Doing great. Doing, Cham. And... Thanks, (laughs) Thanks, <laughs> and Jacob.
1: Hey guys, how's it going?
0: Um, so we'll get a little bit of introductions out of the way, so you guys know who the, uh, who these people are. Um, Brian, you're a good friend of mine from college, uh, and we've stayed in contact since. Um, also a big gamer, obviously. Oh yeah.
2: So yeah, big Nothing gamer else to say.
0: Big gamer. <laughs>
2: I I enjoy just about any type any types of games, any kind of games. Um, from sports to uh, RPGs to action adventures, whatever. Whatever I get my hands on, um, you ever play online? You'll find me as B Cubed. But that's kind of it for me.
0: Okay, and our um, celebrity guest star Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
1: hey guys, again uh, I'm Jacob. Uh, just like Brian, I'm all around gamer as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, I play it, whatever it is. I normally play it plus. I tend to play very eclectic games and try to, like, find hidden gems wherever I can. So, yeah. Happy Except for on.
0: Killer Queen Black. I hate that game.
1: I love <laughs> that game. Something's wrong with you, I man. know. See? Starting off on the wrong foot already. No, nope.
0: <laughs> nope. Game's terrible. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> gosh. Uh, oh, I just love doing that to you, though. It's so easy to get you guys riled up over uh, stuff. It hurts so bad. Oh, yeah well the reason why i call jacob a celebrity here is because he was on what was it
1: called the magic uh game nights from the uh command yeah. Zone podcast
0: yeah the command zone podcast game nights and you played the uh you were the first like fan winner spot
1: yeah it was definitely yeah. so it was a fun time
0: so jacob has like four times the twitter followers than me and i've been actively trying to gain followers to do the podcast stuff and Jacob was like nah I just showed up once I'm good <laughs> I got a loyal following for doing with th- something once yeah that's good <laughs> right,
1: good day's work man
0: um, so we're going to be talking about Fire Emblem 3 houses I've talked about this on a couple other shows lately uh, the fact that, we're, that I was going to be doing this uh, we're finally getting together to actually talk about it because well some people wanted to do multiple playthroughs which some people doesn't include me I was good with one and done um, not saying that it was a bad game, just that I don't, it's so long that I didn't feel like doing it again. Fair enough, um, that's fair. Brian, how many did you do? How many playthroughs did you I'm do? I'm
2: on one and a half. Um. Okay. So I did the Golden Deer, and then I'm walking through, uh, What what's the Blue House's name? I always forget them. That's, that's what I'm playing as now. The blue lines. The blue lines. Yeah, I was like, it's like something. Yeah. So the, the blue lines. I'm working through that right now. Um. I was kind of the same as you. I was a little timid about starting a, another playthrough just because it was uh, it was a long game. Um, what you'll find on your yeah. next playthrough, if if you do, um, you'll find that the game is a lot faster because one. There is some carryover. You get to bring some some things over with you. Uh, your points from like your professor points, whatever they're called. Uh, your I think it's renowned yeah. or something like that, and you you can use that to help kind of feed along the game. One, you can max out your.
0: Oh you yeah. You can max out your. That'll okay. that'll help with the stat maxing yeah. eventually.
2: Stat maxing. Your um, the you also you also your professor level I think carries over too. So. Immediately, you're able to you're able to do a lot Dang. more. So, it, yeah, things move a lot faster. It,
0: I think I was an A. I think I was not like a solid A by my first playthrough. So, so yeah. yeah, I would easily get into the upper echelon of S, I would think. So, so the, I
2: guess you, the idea is that, I mean, and we'll kind of go over this a little bit later, but you play through that first, I guess, that first big portion when you're still in the Academy quickly, and then... The other mm. that's then where you will spend your time is after that, because that first portion you kind of kind of know how that goes, but any other playthroughs, right? It'll play out a little bit differently. Um, but that's that's what I would suggest
0: if you're gonna do it. And Jacob, I think did you actually finish the second one? I know you had started a second one.
1: Uh I started a second one just to kind of get the lay of the land. Um I'd basically am like one in a tenth if we're counting like okay. points. But I watched uh my wife play through the entire Blue Lions playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so I got the gist of a second story and like what actually changes after the time skip. Yep.
0: And you started with the the red Golden uh, what, Deer. what are they call? You started with Golden Deer also, so we don't yes. no one has a a point of view of what the empire
2: I do. I do. I do because, you do. because right. my okay. son played all of them. And I watched them play. Yes. He played. He played the the red house, and I have a pretty good idea of what what, what went on, so I can I can chime in here. And uh,
0: based on my playthrough, which was the Blue Lions, also, mm-hmm. um, which is the one and done that I did, um, I have to assume that the red uh, the red faction is just evil, right? <laughs> like, there's just like. <laughs> Like, I don't know how you sympathize with that. They had demons and shit, man. Like, I, <laughs>
1: I mean, don't... when you get to, like, the end game, and once we get there, we can really talk about it, I noticed mm-hmm. the Blue Lions playthrough definitely painted the Black Eagles in a different light than I came out with at the end of the Golden Deer playthrough. So it'll be interesting to see, like, your perspective okay. on it compared to ours.
2: Yeah, when we get to the end, I'll tell you that the... Um... It the Black Eagles. The, mm-hmm. Their end is is they they don't have the same way ending. different. Yeah, it's 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 a different story. Mm-hmm. Like so, they're they're not as evil as as you would think, <laughs> for the most part.
0: <laughs> I mean, whew. <laughs> uh, so uh, one thing that that I think is a good idea to start out with is both the, sort of our individual histories with the series, because I think that matters uh, very much on our opinions of the game. And then also initial impressions going in. So uh-huh. Brian, what is, what is your past with fire emblem as a series? Because this is like what the eighth or ninth game in the series.
2: Yeah. So I have played and I, I can't remember all the names of the games, but I've played um, since, some of the games since the Game Boy Advance, I believe. Yeah, I mean, first time I've actually jumped into a Fire Emblem yeah. series, and then from then on, I put, I mean, I played heavily the Radiant Dawn, Radiant Dawn Two, I believe right, um, which were in the, which were kind of the, the, the console era and three D gaming, and then what was it? And then I played the three DS. The DS and 3DS mm-hmm. games, which I forget their names, but I mean, I've I've played a, probably about six or seven games, I think, in total, if, if, if I'm correct, like somewhere between six and, and seven or six and eight, something like that. Um, I've, I'm a fan of the series, but I do like games of this you know this style, so, and I've always liked how they've they've tried to you know intermix this whole character relationship as part of the battling system. And things like that and and then there's some out there's always some outside perspective of these characters. Right. So it wasn't just next mission, next mission, next mission. I mean, you always had something you do at the main uh, kind of base camp. It was just via menus and some scripted talks that you would read and you know, things like that, but really have enjoyed kind of that series and how it's grown and
0: so So that's that's my experience. So, Fire Emblem Three Houses was obviously uh, very um, advertised by Nintendo and a lot of people were super excited for it because also it was debuting on the Switch. Um, They talked about that I think before the Switch launched or right after it did I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So what was your initial thoughts and even even maybe your first couple days into playing the game? Like would you have a high hype level or were you just like, yeah, I'm gonna get it, and just sort of like, just got it when it came out.
2: My my hype level is pretty high because I have I have high standards for this game overall, and I was I was the game felt like it needed a new a facelift in some some ways. Just mm-hmm. I was what's was it Fire Emblem Warriors? I had got done playing, I got done playing that game for a while, and it was so it kind of had Fire Emblem on my mind. Anyways, I played I played that and was like, man, this game is pretty good, but what I really like to play is Fire Emblem. So when when I saw it was you know being released, or when I saw it was close to release, I was I was actually really excited for it. That. Hmm. that was that was it for me.
0: Okay, uh, so Jacob, a little bit about your history and then your your hype level going into. Uh
1: yeah, um, I started out with uh, Path of Radiance, which is the GameCube one, uh, mm-hmm. with probably my most favorite Fire Emblem character of all time, Ike. Uh, I fight for my friends, Ike. <laughs> And mm-hmm. uh, now, full disclosure: I have never beaten a Fire Emblem game until Three Houses. I did play Path of Radiance. I put like oh. forty, fifty, hour however long. I put like a decent amount, decent chunk into the game. Um, mm. Path of Radiance. I put a decent chunk in the 3DS one. Um, I forget the main title, but it was Birthright. Um, yeah, Birth. Yeah, where you basically get to, get to choose like your your destiny. Basically, Three Houses, but. You got three different paths. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I made a
0: a stupid Kingdom Hearts joke. Sorry. (laughs) Uh,
1: But, yeah, like, you know, you are the ocean's waves and all that. Like, I played through that. Um, I put a decent amount of time in it. But, like, I've never beaten a Fire Emblem game just because once I reach, like, the 40 to 60 hour mark, normally for most games I start to Peter off. Um, So I'm always excited to play the game. For me, I consider it beat. Like, if you give me 40 to 60 hours, like, that's a dollar per hour. So I, at that point, I'm okay walking away from it and feeling okay. Um, it's Fire Emblem. You,
0: you and Chance are very much like that, then. Other yeah. than Monster Hunter, he doesn't have the hours that I do, which is over 900 now. But um, he uh, yeah. he he hit the 400s for Monster Hunter. But everything else, it's like, dollar per hour, I'm out. Like
1: Yeah, I think I hit 80 I or them. 100 hours in Monster Hunter. <laughs> That's your dollar um, per hour, you're know. out? That's funny. And yeah. then I was like, cool, I'm done, bye. Um, i'm still playing through generations ultimate but so uh, um I, as i remember you were pretty going hyped in, going
0: into three houses
1: um, having played like Birthright, you and you and Ryan super were super like, excited constantly to play chatting three about it um i immediately saw the golden deer and i was like i'm pretty sure i'm gonna want that house did we lose jacob um, again and then as soon as i heard claude's personality because i'm a big jokester you guys know that um, as soon as I heard um, Claude's personality yeah. And like meeting I everybody wish. in the house um, I was like We'll just wait just see what to see uh, when it
0: gets back um, You said okay. what? That's fine. Internet problems Abundance lately
2: <laughs> Yeah I mean In this <clears throat> time of uh, Everybody doing everything online I guess that's a uh, Something you just gotta get used to Or we fix the interwebs
0: Right So um I guess uh, I'll go into my history, which is zero. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, not entirely zero. So there was that time that you had let me borrow uh, Paths of Radi- the Radiance one on the GameCube. Yeah. And I played it when we were in college and I literally brought it home. Like we had like four nights a week in which we were playing together or not playing, going to this class mm-hmm. together. And then um, four days a week, I'd just say. And uh, I had taken it home one night to try it out. And I tried it that night, which is pretty rare for me. I, I normally kind of stick with what I'm currently playing. and don't add anything else. But I put it in, started playing it. And I was like, oh, cool. This, I want to go save this girl's dad. She dies forever. And I'm like, uh, I'm out. So I took the game back to you the <laughs> next day. And I said, it's not for me. Um, uh, so like. From there, uh, my that was my only experience with Fire Emblem outside of Smash Brothers before that, and then um, I wouldn't. I had zero hype, zero give a crap about Three Houses during that whole cycle of announcement, even through release, and you guys even talking about it and saying Jam Jam, you should get it. It's so good. And I'm like, I literally don't care. Like uh, I was oh. playing monster hunter i was playing other things the whole time like there was just like there's so many other games i had going on but then uh my birthday this year you actually just got it for me and it's like you need to play it and i was like well because you (laughs) bought a full price game on my birthday i probably should give it a try so i did oh yeah and and i actually finished a full playthrough um (laughs) probably late february is when i finished it um but I did I did what? wait to play it at the same time. I was finishing something else. I can't remember what it was, but I had something else I was playing. Uh which wasn't Monster Hunter, I don't think. I think I'd already given up on it.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was right around that time. Um,
0: so uh do we got Jacob back or no? Okay. Uh sorry if we talked over you during any of that. We don't know what happened, but we just couldn't hear you anymore. Um, so yeah, so Jacob, uh, just to reiterate, you were pretty hyped, right? Like,
1: oh yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was, I was hyped going in, even if I didn't beat it, I was like, it's still a great story. I saw a lot of the improvements that they were making. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, just going into the game, I was just like, all right, like, let's see what it is. And for me, it was a day one buy. Um, I didn't buy many games, like many triple A games. Last Mm -hmm. year. Um, But that was one that I had pegged Like, day one. Like, rain, sleet, snow, or hail. Like, I'm going. And I'm going to get a digital copy. (laughs) Yep. I think
0: uh, day one buys for me last year was two. I think I got two games day one buy. One of them was Iceborne. And the other one was Mortal Kombat. I think that was Uh, it. Uh, I eventually got Sekiro. But that was, like... No, Sekiro was a day one buy cuz I got it on pre-order. And that was that was kind of an impulse day one buy. So I okay. got three games. Um okay. but that yeah, but I didn't have a lot of day one buys last year. I've had quite a few this year already.
2: <laughs> now for me, for me it was it was a day one buy as as well. I mean shortly after I also picked up uh two other games that were day one buys, but they were Astral Chain and Zelda. But I didn't play them, nowhere near like day one. I Zelda. picked them up and then kept, or still, was still playing Fire on Emblem at the time. It's, it's a long game, but yeah. Like, Jacob, I was really hyped. I, I, I saw some initial things, I saw there's three houses, for you know, you know three houses, three different three different stories, so to speak, and um, saw that they were changing up how your, your out-of-battle interactions were going to be, and then at a certain point, I just kind of cut myself off of, like, anything that was leaking too much gameplay information cuz i didn't want to know cuz i mean that's that's kind of what i do when i'm really excited about stuff i just don't want to know right. too much i just want to know like hey is it going to be good it is cool stop talking let's let's let it go <laughs>
1: <laughs> On the exact same as
0: way. as opposed to my approach which was, was i don't give a crap so i didn't see
1: anything anyways yeah <laughs> i mean that's still works, though you come in blind you know that's the best way yeah
2: and the, and then when I, you know when i when i Play through and figured out that it, it they changed enough that i thought chan would be interested in i was like this would be a, a interesting birthday present for you so that's that is what i got i was like they've changed enough that i think you might actually be able to yeah. enjoy
0: this and, and to be honest like i do enjoy strategy rpgs in general right yeah. like uh i would say into the breach is my favorite still okay uh, as okay. far as srpgs go because it's also a roguelike which is a you know another thing i like um but it's more like, like solving a puzzle really this one is more about chess i feel it's it's more le- it's less direct puzzle solving as it is more like chess and um keeping your units safe with minimal damage
1: you know <laughs> can, I, can i actually interject here too mm-hmm. um sure because i, I I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I freaking love strategy RPGs. Um, particularly <laughs> oh, yeah. Ones. We know. Oh, yeah. And I have, yeah. And I have always described the ones that I like the most as glorified chess. Like, don't get me wrong. I love puzzle yeah. games, too. But the ones that are like glorified chess where I like I'm moving my pieces and moving my units and turning, you know what I mean? With like making sure I'm protecting my flank and making sure the monsters, like that. You're, for you're me, thinking
0: turns ahead.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love that. I love that, and that's and that's
2: and that's the same thing about for me for the, for my uh, like strategy RPGs. But the one thing about that is that if they can become very much the same, if there isn't any kind of skills or progression of the characters and things like that, where your characters don't have some kind of upgrades, some kind of changes, if, if that's not done well, it they can become to me a little bit mediocre. Um, and that's that's where like Fire Emblem, I was hearing what they were doing with it with the new fire I was getting excited because like, okay, cool. You know, this the system's going to be going to have a little, little bit of fresh face to it. So let's, let's see how that goes.
0: Yeah. And with me, with no experience, I had zero expectations. In fact, I, my expectations were, I'm going to muscle through this until the end. So I, I expected <laughs> not to enjoy it. Um,
1: He's going to power, power through it, man. I must-
0: well, uh, well there was a point and, and, I'll, and I'll move on a little bit from, we'll get back to the, the strategy RPG of it because there's a lot to talk about in that topic but um, sure. one thing that killed my initial playthrough was the permadeath yeah. so I decided hey I'm a hardcore gamer I'm good at tactics games which I am uh, I'm going to go for permadeath and then sometimes there's just things about Fire Emblem that I just don't know right like I had a, be- uh, a battle where... So I was playing the Blue Lions, and I had do, which is sort of like um, Dimitri's right-hand man. Right. And Dudu is like the people of the disposed kingdom that assassinated uh, Dimitri's father and mother and family. Mm-hmm. But Dudu and him have a really close relationship. And Dudu died uh, in the... I would say the the... There's uh, there's a guy in the blue line, probably through, because I know some of the battles are different, um, where he is... The first is, set are the
1: same. Uh,
0: basically, the the first guy that's sort of corrupted by the Empire. And he also happens to be, like, the uncle that raised one of the, the Archer kid. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. Okay, uh, yeah. It happens to be his uncle. He, straight up, one turn, one shot to do, he's dead. And I was just oh. like, "Whoa, that's not cool." I didn't know that was going to happen, right? Like, I didn't know I, like, I figured to do could get up there, get a hit in, and get out, right? And no, it, that wasn't that wasn't the case. And then they did something where he actually got trapped in there, so he couldn't even escape. So he was, I had to watch him die. And sure, it was a tactical error on my part, but I don't feel like it was. To to me, it didn't feel like a very fair tactical error. And that happened a couple times, uh, where I was like, okay, I just didn't understand the mechanics well enough yet, because that's an early battle also. Mm-hmm. Um, that it felt very harsh to lose a character at that point, and I was like, whatever, fine, I'll be okay with it. But then when Deduce still showed up in the school and with all the cutscenes and stuff, I was like, no, this isn't good. If
1: like not I. Understanding- um, good Sorry to cut you off there. From my understanding, some characters can be killed and then they won't show up. Period. And then certain characters are so important to the story. Um, and I know you played through the, the Blue Lines completely. Like to do, basically, mm-hmm. has a huge part there in the yes, story. So he does. So they, bas- they basically like can't kill him off. So he's basically injured and he can no longer battle. Yeah. It's like a thing. He's gravely injured.
0: Right, which made no sense to me because they said he was killed. And, like, sure, there, there, that is a, a good distinction that he can no longer battle, but the cutscenes make no indication of that. There's no acknowledgment of that outside of some little quip. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So that sort of turn and that sort of, I, I'm okay with permadeath now. I wasn't back when you originally let me borrow the GameCube oh. one. Uh, since then, I've gotten into, well, into the Breach has permadeath, uh, I've gotten into Darkest Dungeon. I've done, you know, um, Blood Bowl. Like, I, I, uh, I've I, been playing XCOM recently. Like, I'm okay with permadeath. What I'm not okay with is permadeath on story important oh, yeah. characters. Because that doesn't make any sense. And then that's what kind of, like, okay, I'm not playing in classic mode. That doesn't make any sense for me. It doesn't fit what this game's out to do right now. And I just, like, I'm done. So I had a bit of a rant on permadeath when that happened with yep. you guys cuz I was like no, I no this this doesn't yeah, fit the game. I like, what they're trying to do here this is bull crap. Like the like I don't understand why you would have that as an option because like Dudu was like oh uh, and even I didn't even know how important he was in the story after that. Like he was good he was like an important part of the story then but he becomes an even more integral part later on basically when the time skip happens and and i'm like holy cow so like that even reaffirmed when i went back and changed it back to what what a casual mode they call it or something Mm -hmm. um when i changed it to casual mode so that means i lost what 10 hours into the first campaign Mm -hmm. like the i lost 10 hours to basically a failed save and i was Mm -hmm. just like that feels bad but it's not terrible it's not like i haven't wasted 10 hours in another yeah. game. <laughs> Monster Hunter. But, um, like... Uh, like... Stuff like that. Like, It just didn't... It didn't sit well with me. So, like, I really don't like the fact that Permadeath exists for this game in particular. I can't speak to earlier Fire Emblems, but I feel it doesn't fit if they're going to keep those characters around and still tell the they same don't. story. The, the, so,
2: this, well, the thing is, like, that character... And this is where where it gets kind of weird, because, like you said, Dadu stays. Other characters, they're gone. Like, if if it's... They're they're just gone. They're actually dead. You you will not see them anymore. They will not make their way around. They're actually dead. And that's where...
0: Right. But on... But on top of that, like... And I I get that. But on top of that, there's a lot of interactions between the characters. It's very social between all the characters. And... Um, losing a piece of that I think is supposed to be like a punishment, like you guys were saying, but I feel that you're actually missing content if you lose a character in this game. Whereas if you lose a character in Darkest Dungeon, you're like, oh, crap, no, I can't let my uh, shield breaker die he's like my best one and he can, he's got all the good traits and he dies yeah that hurts and sucks but it doesn't stop your game mm-hmm. right it doesn't actually you don't lose content for losing a shield breaker XCOM you had like a guy who was a general that dies you don't lose content for having lost a general you know what I mean like you you lose an important unit and it hurts it hurts within like okay that was bad I can't let that happen again let's learn how to do it again with people that aren't disposable and permadeath, I don't feel that's a good fit. That's well, just my personal well, opinion. I on think that. there's a
2: duality to it too, because I mean, so you, you, I, I understand what you're saying is that like you're missing content, but I would also argue that um, at the same time, you know, you're you're not missing content, but you're 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 changing content. You're getting new content. Your playthrough may be augmented or different from mine now because this person died. Um, yeah, it sucks because. No, but I mean, I, it, it,
0: I but it yeah. wasn't. <laughs> it totally wasn't. It just I couldn't. You're not allowed to play this I, guy in that anymore. instance. Yeah, but there
2: are I mean, there are other the characters that, that will change. You kind of how events right,
1: turn out to certain things in the story that you can lose and still go. But I know Brian. I you sure lost did. The character, right? so, oh, yeah, yeah, speaking of the losing characters, like, right? I said,
2: I am used to the, the the idea of permadeath in these games. So I, you know. I I put up some some caution because typically you play the games and they they can throw traps at you sometimes. So, uh, so oh, yeah. If you're not careful, you lose a oh, character. Yeah. I was playing one night. It was late. It was late that night. I was playing um a battle. It was a relatively easy battle, but you know, if you, if, just like any battle in in this game, if you get the wrong unit out too far and he gets surrounded by enemies, good chance he could die. Especially his like his weakness. And especially if it was a character you're trying to level up. So it, for me, it was Cyril. I had Cyril, and I was trying to um, to, to buff him up. Um, he was, I was training his skills, mm-hmm. and I went to. I Can't think of what the mission's called, but it's the ones where where, where all the sandworms are. You can just do, it's a reoccurring mission. You have all those sandworms come out of the ground, and you can fight them. And it was a good way to like for me to generate um, some skill points.
0: Yeah, I never fought Sam. Oh, you've or, never so fought the sandwich? It's so <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's no. a side
2: quest. Um, it's a, it, it's it's an elective quest.
0: I did all the available side quests, like the story ones that helped out characters. Not, and it, wasn't a, yeah, it wasn't. But story it was It was
2: just. I felt like doing it this day, and I. And it was,
0: if it was just getting mm-hmm. items, like I actually didn't do a lot of extra battling if it didn't involve other characters. A lot, like I actually had um, a system where. The first day of the month mm-hmm. was always exploring and doing everything in, in the mausoleum or mausoleum. whatever the school, wherever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, that was always what I did. I always at least did one rec- lecture then rested. And then the last, whatever I had remaining weeks was battles to catch up. And there was actually more battles than I needed because like, the because yeah. there's like certain timed battles for certain character stories and I did them all yeah. plus some extra side quests with that formula. So actually I felt like I had a good routine of what I was doing and I was able to like max out I, everything that I could, I felt. I had I had a
2: similar ish routine, but I threw I would throw in some of the non essential quests, quests that had nothing to do with any characters. And like I was saying I was I was taking him on this quest, playing late at night, I fell asleep and I guess I must have tapped A a couple of times or whatever. Somehow I finished. I woke up. The battle was over. I finished the battle. I woke up like maybe an hour later or something like that. Battle was over. I won. I saved the game. Continued to play. Do you know, do some things for the month because similar routine as you. My first couple days aren't battling, in the, in the month the first couple weeks. So I do some other things, um, and then all of a sudden I go to go to my battle. You know my battle days. And I'm searching and searching and I cannot find Cyril.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm just like, what the heck? Where is he? Is like, did I, did I, is he, is he indisposed? Something happened in the story events. So I start going back through my my play log and I look, and lo and behold, Cyril died that night when I fell asleep. <laughs> and I was I, I was pretty upset about this because I had put a lot of like time into training him up because I had plans. So I was like, oh, he's going to be this particular type of character I'm gonna build him his stats up this way it's gonna be a really fun guy to play mm. um plus I put a lot of time as you both have probably probably understand is, is getting there to know Cyril I mean that's yeah part of the game is that you get to know every last one of these people and so there is some kind it, it slowly but surely like endears you to these characters to a certain extent and it's like in most games, you're like, yeah, this, you know, this is this character, that's this character, but you know, I don't really care that much. But with all the things you got to do from birthday parties to gifts to all the interactions and dialogues and sequences, I really like this character. Yeah. And I died. Without me knowing. But, but it also I, doesn't I do surprise that
0: me that you fell asleep. Cause like, that's, a, that's like a normal thing of us playing games together is you eventually fall asleep, especially in Monster Hunter, but who can, who can blame us? Like that village music, man, that's a lullaby most of the time. Exactly. No, 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 no. I remember
1: the time Brian fell asleep in the middle of a quest and we were literally just following Brian around aimlessly for like a good two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, where is he leading us? <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. That must have been
0: without me, because I'm I'm notorious for just going and fighting the monster, and then you guys show up. I'm like, he's dead. Free <laughs> <is> carbs. True. <laughs> Free carbs. Like, I've
1: hit him twice. I, I, hit, I did want to take a moment. I hit twice, he's back Into the permadeath, though, real quick. Um, yeah. Brian, mm-hmm. maybe you can attest to this more than I can. I felt like because they put the rewind mechanic in the game, I felt like they kind of rat. They like ramped up the difficulty in the normal mode, um, like a little bit more than normal. I felt like I was prone to losing characters in due to one-shots and mismatches more than the past Fire Emblem games. Um, and if it wasn't for the... I forget what the, they specifically call it, in-game, you know, with the same yeah, you... or whatever it is. But, <laughs> like, due to that... Oh, man, Prince of Persia. Yeah, I felt like <laughs> they, tried, they definitely tried to balance it out to where you... Um, Had to rely on that a little bit more than you would um, in past games, you know, because I was trying to play it as pure as possible, too. And I was like, if I lose a character, I lose a character. Um, I almost lost Marianne in her side quest. Dear Lord, um, that's a really hard one. But like, I think I was on like my last rewind and I made it through somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. but Yeah. You know
0: i uh so I... I'm gonna be honest, I forgot oh. about the rewind mechanic and deduce situation um because I was still new at that time, uh and I ended up not using the rewind mechanics that much because once I got a ha- hang of the game, I was pretty much just like stomping everything um yeah. but I was also playing extremely carefully um eventually yeah. uh well, the only well... time I had a problem with someone getting downed. And it was usually a one shot. Was hey surprise Archer on my Pegasus rider, like that happened at least a do- like at least half a dozen times. And it was always in side quests. Like aha surprise Archers. Oh yeah, your flying unit bye bye. Like you you can't like I I I didn't say it anyway around that now. I'm glad I was in not in classic mode when that happened because I just like that's just not fair. Like,
1: <laughs> did you know that you can dismount your? Uh, you can dismount. Units?
0: No, no, no. no. Well, you can dismount. No, no, no. They appear and shoot. I have no reaction. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah.
2: So, so, so to that, for me, like, you asked me, Jacob, about how I felt about difficulty wise. Um, early on in the game, I guess that you know, let's say, let's say the first half or two thirds. I thought the difficulty was actually a little bit
1: lighter. Well, yeah, I'm 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 specifically talking about the post time skip.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so initially, yes, the pre time skip not too bad. Um, Post time skip, it got a little harder, but um, especially those monsters. Yes, the monsters, which I that's that's actually what I was waiting. I was waiting for those monsters, things like that, to, to, to ramp up the difficulty because I'm typically used to that kind of difficulty in Fire Emblem, as in a lot of you have to be careful. I'm always cautious when I play these kind of games. I'm very, very cautious because I know as For kind of pointed out earlier, or, or is that when you lose a character, you, it changes your story. And if you have some time or some or you have some investment in that character, you want to see what happens, you have to be careful. So I'm just traditionally careful in these games, and so it, it felt like when I got to towards that portion of the game and you have the rewinds, I think I used them maybe three or four battles max, I think, total. And and those were, like, the very ending battles, I think. I think towards the very end, I started. I, I was like, whoa, crap. Didn't didn't see that guy here or, you know, didn't realize that something similar to how Fortuan said, hey, something popped up. Um, but one of the big things is, that, like, I always try to have units I know that are squishy, you know, like the Pegasus Knights. They can do a lot of damage. They're great. They can move across. But an archer shows up, or a wind mage, or something of the sort, and they just rip your wings off your your Pegasus, and it comes plummeting down. So I yeah. would typically fly it out and make sure I had enough movement to move it back. Like that's just my play. Like I would not fly it out too far or swing it out too far unless I knew I could uh, kill, it unless I knew that it would kill something and end the end the match.
0: Now there um, was times where I overextended, like where you're talking about, but there was mm-hmm. actually specifically a time where. My units were actually very close together. The biggest is maybe four or five squares off to the right. And it's like some event, and then archers come in and start shooting. Like, they actually come yeah. in behind your troops or to the sides of your troops. And I was like, how was I supposed to know that? Like, that doesn't make well, any sense. Um, or they'll spawn behind
2: you, things like that, where, like, you, you've moved forward. you got your whole group. you got, you got your, like, your protectors in the front. Your squishy units, like your your mages and your and your healers behind them, and then all of a sudden, like oh, you yeah, know, quick time event, we're spawning enemies behind you, and it's their turn, and now they're coming up for your squishy units.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah so it was a, it right. was more stuff like that that got me than mm-hmm. than overextending. Now there was a couple times where I did overextend and I didn't realize there was an archer there or something. There there were times it was purely yeah. my fault, and I acknowledge that. Um, but but also why it was also my first fire emblem game and i'm still learning the the goes ins and outs and like yeah. a lot of times when that happened which a lot of time was pre pre-time skip um yep. that, that that those mistakes happened um i did want to you were talking about uh certain units and that kind of stuff there was there was actually a unit that 100 percent solidified my position on permadeath Th- in the final fight. Um, because, uh, if it would have been permadeath, I would have actually lost the, the love interest that I was actually going to have. Oh, oh yes. Goodness. Oh um,
2: yeah. That would have, that would have been rough.
0: <laughs> now, um, what ended up happening is there's this unit and I don't know if you guys had this in your golden deer playthrough, but, uh, the, basically you're fighting the, the Blackhawk empire. Um, D- Dimitri's half sister or stepsister, whatever her name is, that, that is the main Spoiler character. Related. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a spoiled podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Rick. Right. Edelgard. Um, Edelgard, yeah. Uh, there's a unit that could attack any square on the, the field at any range and reduce them mm-hmm. to one health. Yep. And I was like, okay, I have to be careful surprise monks out of the basement punches her and she dies <laughs> and i'm like oh my god and she's my biggest healer gonna, um right now, mm-hmm. so that made Probably the fight rough but then once i actually good. sort of surrounded Edelgard, i just kicked the shit out of her and she died like like it was it was pre- i i pretty much handed the fight to her after i like stomped on the monsters and those units <laughs> But those units solidified my position to, like, that's not okay for permadeath. Like, stuff like that where, A, I don't even know this unit exists until the final battle. B, if you don't dodge it, which isn't a high chance to dodge it in the first place, you're reduced to one health. And then C, surprise monks out of the middle of the map. Like, it was like uh no like (laughs) that that battle is what really solidified like i was like i i don't like this but then i was like also and this is actually post rant also so like you guys had already talked we'd already had the discussion about permadeath and you, you know jacob you you'd play the previous games and you're used to that and that kind of thing i get that but like for me, it was like no the, I cannot lose a story character that I was specifically at trying to go to that story for. You know it, what I mean? I would have
2: re- I would have rewinded for that or whatever because yeah I, I think I think there is. Some I would have saved
0: in- scummed essentially. Yeah, is there, what you would have to do.
2: There is a particular point where it does become a little unfair, and I, I don't think the permadeath itself is unfair, but I think like hey you're playing, and surprise archers behind you randomly, like, you know, just without any warning. any
0: way of covering yourself, I think
2: that's a little bit too stupid. I think you can
0: have one, one or the other. I don't think you can have both. I don't think you can put in surprises like that and still have permadeath on story characters. Because, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I,
2: mean, I think it's fair you, to punish somebody or, you know, we'll, we'll call it punishing. If I overextend, if I do something crazy, like, oh, that's just part of my story. My person died because I did something. The surprise archer is kind of it's kind of hard. I, I, I can see that being a little steep cost for, like, oh, I'm just playing the game, and I thought everything was fine until surprise.
0: Right. Um, so that was my biggest complaint. Of course, you know, people would be like, just suck it up, Fortuan, right? Like, <laughs> just play better. I'm like, okay, cool. But also, but I-, I want to enjoy the game. Like, yep. Yeah. And this this isn't really my like I love strategy RPGs that's fine but like Fire Emblem itself is not really my jam it never has been and um, that's fair I don't think that I'm gonna go back and play the earlier games because of this and it's not that I don't like Three Houses I do uh, I do for many reasons but uh, I'm also not craving that kind of battle where surprise attacks and permadeath happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah like i just that doesn't um, feel right because like stuff like into the breach you can see everything's intent you all have you have near perfect information when you have permadeath you know what the intent of the attack is you know in certain scenarios okay wasps are going to come out of these canyons every turn uh or if that's not the case uh you can see when an en- a unit is entering the next turn you can see yeah. okay a units going to enter here the next turn a lot of other games do a lot of good information to sort of reward insightfulness, whereas Fire Emblem Three Houses doesn't really reward a lot of insightfulness. It re- it rewards careful play. And well, I'll
2: t- I- Okay, go ahead, continue. Huh? I'll let you finish. No,
0: I can see how you can say some insightfulness. Like maybe, okay, this could be a good ambush point. I could see if you're if you're hesitant because of that. But I'm not familiar with Fire Emblem, right? Yeah. So I don't yeah. know that people can jump out of a bush or jump out of a stairwell <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And fine, whatever. My inexperience yeah. is what gets me. But I'm not okay with that on a story character. That's the big hang-up for me, is it the fact that it's on a story character.
2: Now, well, right? I will I'll backtrack and say that, yeah, you, there is that surprise. But in this particular game, you can rewind. And I think that mitigates a lot of that,
0: because you but can play Rewinding with, doesn't always change the outcome.
2: You can rewind right. up... Is it like 10 turns or 8 turns? Like That's a lot of turns. So yeah, with, but that's
0: with, also... That also sometimes... I actually did rewind, like uh, I think it was 6 turns one time, as far back as I went. And the outcome was mostly still the same, because it was a story battle for the red-haired girl, and mm-hmm. her father is the extra unit dude that comes and joins you. Who has okay. a heavy knight. I can't remember their names. She's a mage. He's a mm-hmm. heavy dude. Yeah. Literally, the start of the battle, they're surrounded by six units, and it's just him and her. Oh, wow. So. Yep. And I'm like, okay. Uh, now, I had to rewind a lot. Now, I'm on casual mode, but you <laughs> lose the battle if either one of them die. Yeah. So, gotcha. it was... It was permadeath either way. you know. Like Now granted, permadeath is in I'd have to reload my save uh-huh. if that was the case, or restart the battle entirely. But it was not... What I ended up having to do is basically turtling up in the corner and just sort of praying they don't get killed. Like that's There was actually some scenarios where it was just terrible. Yeah. Like yeah. I was just like, I don't see a good way around this. No matter how many times I rewind... So, what I ended up what about doing that actually solved it? No. It was because the, uh, she was a mage through and through, right? So, she can attack and use a different weapon and that kind of stuff, but that doesn't change her. I mean, I guess I could change her class, but she wasn't trained in a lot of other classes. I could mm-hmm. basically take her back down to the monk, I think it was the only thing I could have done, um, which might give her a better evasion chance. But, like. Yeah. um. Okay. The the dude I had no control of what he had at that time. Yeah, okay. I could control him, but I had no control of his stuff yet. He didn't officially join until the time skip, and this is okay. pre time skip. That's um, interesting.
2: Was this like the first battle so, like, after the time skip?
0: No, it was before the time skip. Okay, before, before the time. it was a story. It was a story battle, one of the green ones, the green circle.
2: Okay. Yeah. So those story, ba- some of the um, story battles
0: do, they do ramp up some of the difficulty. I will give you
2: an early game. Like some of those story battles are actually pretty tough.
0: Right. And I had, I had done this down actually pretty early into when you could get it. But, um, what I ended up doing is it was actually very early into the Pegasus night that I had, cause I only ever had one flying unit, which was the blonde haired girl that uses lances. Yep. I don't remember her name, but she was a highborn and trying to get married off was a lot of her story. Um, as like she could fly really far. So I had to make her fly through some archers. And that was the other part is there were some archers blocking that way. Mm -hmm. So I actually had to fly through some archers, hope that she could dodge them, which she had a pretty high dodge chance as a Pegasus Knight. Um, Get over there, murder two of the units. Um, (laughs) Like just absolutely murder them so that those other two had a chance to fight off the other four yeah and then uh she had to actually drop out of the uh drop out of the mount between every turn too because of the archers so yeah i did know you could drop out of the mount but i was like i have to fly into danger Mm -hmm. essentially yeah and Mm -hmm. it it was it was a headache uh to to be honest ingrid yes Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't... Re- it's been a long time since I finished the game. It's been since February. Um, but I did want to give you guys time ample enough to play what you did. But, and then we took a long time because Corona and blah, 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 to really get together and talk about this. So I may have forgotten some details.
2: Oh, no. That's that's fine. Because, I mean, I, I've had similar battles where, like... I mean, that's kind of Fire Emblem's thing. Like, t- most your battles are... Most of your battles are... You, you have You pick your team, you go out there, you do your thing. And those battles specifically like with rewind you're, you're you're pretty solid even if you get ambushed you can rewind kind of reorient how you did things and that would work out i know some of the ones you're talking about right. where like yeah they give you like you have two somewhat more the scenario based ones i guess you could call them where you had like two characters or two characters on one side of the map the rest of the characters on the other side of the map and you're trying to figure out like if these characters aren't equipped equipped right, or if they don't have the skills, or maybe it's it's just going to be a tough fight regardless. Like they're isolated yeah. from everybody else. I mean,
0: yeah, it,
2: it does make the fight really hard.
0: It, and I will say, these situations are extreme situations and are few and far between yeah. in the game. Yeah. For the most part, the game is very fun, very well balanced, mm-hmm. and quite enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I will say that. Um, however, one mistake can make you lose <laughs> a character entirely. Yeah. <laughs> Over
1: oh, your mind, man. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: And, and, um... Previous games,
2: I'd say now that, I'd, that was that was the norm, like, you, every battle felt like that, because they were, they, I mean, you don't have rewind, so you would have to do some quick save stuff, things like that where you can't cancel the cancel. Save
0: scumming, yeah. so... so yeah. Save! Oh, I lost a character in the battle. I guess I'll just reload. Uh, that happened a lot, actually, uh, for a long time. I love Final Fantasy Tactics, which mm-hmm. you know, if you don't get to a person before three turns, they're gone for good. Uh, same kind of thing. However, they're not a lot of times not story characters, and story characters can't perma die unless it's game over. Mm-hmm. So that's not a problem in Fire and Fire Emblem <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics. It's not a non-issue. And and that's something I was more used to. I,
2: I would like to see... It. So, I, as you say that in three turns, and I, and it's kind of similar in XCOM, okay, where, like, a person can go down, but if you can get to him with enough time, you, there's a chance you can run I would love to see that in Fire Emblem. Um, I can't recall... I know there was a previous, I think in... I think in one of the previous games, it might have had something similar. I, I, I can't recall, but I, I'd, I'd like to see that. I like seven see that mechanic. I mean, with permadeath, I think that's a little bit more fair because, in my opinion, you, you do that. Like, okay, I made a mistake. If I'm gonna have surprises. You know, at least I have a way of, attempt, you know, making, a, making a research, bringing my team back through to try to fight their way through to you know our downed ally and possibly. You know, resuscitating or, or, or saving them. I think that seems a little bit fair to me. A lot fairer and a lot more approachable than like, nope, your characters go down, they don't get like knocked out and, kind of like, uh, not magic, but uh, D&D where you're bloodied, like oh, this character's bloodied, and if we can get to him before, you know, before he's down um, he's, he's he or she's fine, because then you can then it, then it goes back to what I, you know, I think 5 wouldn't is there's a lot there is a lot of like assessment of the board.
0: Yeah.
2: But there are there are there are, there are scenarios where even if you assess everything and you you've hovered over every unit and you've looked at all your all of your uh, your percentages and all who is going to attack who there's that randomness that can kind of throw a kink in which I'm okay with that but some of the randomness is a little bit steep yep. when it comes to having yep. the permadeath yeah. So I, I would like to see like a, a revive type deal where you ha you know if you can get to them in two or three turns. That way you can play smart and still have an, the opportunity to try to save a character.
0: Okay. Um uh uh Jacob, do you have anything else to add on permadeath? I'd think I'd like to get into the characters soon.
1: Um yeah, just a little bit. Um mm-hmm. I know I know you were talking about the past Fire Emblem Games. They basically once it got to fates for the 3DS and mm-hmm. um, what was it Birthright I don't remember what the thing is called Birth by Sleep yeah I know I really literally just looked it up uh, Fire Emblem Fates and Awakening that's what Awakening was Awakening and there Fates. you go <laughs> Awakening was the first one that's when they took out uh, perm- Permadeath um, they made it an option I, well they didn't take it out they made it an option and I mm-hmm. remember even then it was a big deal amongst the Fire Emblem community um, I didn't have a 3DS then sometimes mm-hmm. I didn't get to play it until Fates um But I know, like, for a lot of people, they didn't get into Fire Emblem because of the permadeath. It's like, either I'm going to save Scum and rewind back, or I'm just going to lose these story characters, and I'm going to be sad on all the content that I'm missing out on. Um, Right. I know for a lot of people, that's a really hard choice. Um, So whatever way you enjoy the game, like, if that helps you to get your enjoyment, your full enjoyment out of the story, then, like, kudos to you, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think it's important yeah. that it's a choice to to do that. I think that, uh, for me, the answer is not permadeath. I think that if other people can handle it, that's fine. I could probably handle it on maybe a third playthrough, which I won't do, but I think that's about when I would be comfortable with it. <laughs> um, and, I, I, and I'm not bashing people who like the permadeath in it, and I'm not bashing that it exists in this. I'm just saying, for me i don't like it it is not something that i want to deal with and i thought i could right but i was like no not on story characters that's just that's just out um what i what i like is Mm -hmm. the fact that it is a choice right and that we can actually have the different experience here whereas um you know, it it, it it gets into a larger debate when we talk about, like, games with easy mode like uh, Dark Souls. Like, uh, people clamor for easy Dark Souls, right? Or And then people are like, well, it inherently changes the game. It does, right? It, and it will. It will change what Dark Souls is trying to do if it has an easy mode. It does inherently change uh-huh. how the game plays uh, for Fire Emblem having a no permadeath, which to someone who was like born in the darkness of of permadeath, that is just how it's played, get over it, right? But that doesn't do well for accessibility. As much as I am way over Iceborne and way upset about some of the decisions they made, I very much congratulate them for making a more streamlined experience and world that was accessible. Because that way so many more people can play. And I like that Fire Emblem is doing it in this way, and they had the extra time and resources to make a non-permadeath mode and a yeah. permadeath mode. I think that is great yeah. about you know whoever developed this. I know I know it's not just Nintendo; it's also someone else, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and see, so and
2: and I think I like you guys said the the change to the game. I I, I welcome it as in. I probably won't ever play it without Permadeath, but I'm, I welcome it because, like you said, it's more approachable. Right, you'll get more that. people and playing. The game's, it. Still, the game's difficulty, yeah, and the game's the game still has. Di- I mean, like the game difficulty doesn't drop. Mm-mm.
0: No, it's still difficult. At all. Like, the
2: game is still, yeah, the, the the game can still have its you know have its tough and difficult moments. I don't, and this particular game, yes, there is something different about your playthrough when you play without Permadeath on, but it's. You're you're playing a very similar game. I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't think you I don't think you lose as much, honestly. And I, I didn't care either way. I was like I, I don't see myself playing any 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 other way just because it's, I played it this way for a while. There's been a couple of times where I've lost characters. Typically, I don't because I try not to. <laughs> like I said, i it's been ingrained in my my DNA now playing these games, and I try not to. I know I know a lot of the tricks, tips. I can have a kind of feel for which boards. Oh, this level has a lot of castles. They have some sideways roads. Trees mm-hmm. over here. Probably some ambushes. Be careful. Like I mean, I kind of have that like you know that battle sense, that sixth sense, where you're like, okay, ambush is coming, or I'm I'm about doing ambush. It's been about two or three missions. I haven't seen one, so I won't be changing. I don't think anytime soon. But I don't care if the people turn it off. I don't care if it's included in the game. That's perfectly fine. I, I think the per- people who play the other way will get a very similar experience as, as I do because every battle won't put you in a position where you're going to die all the time. It's only a few battles, I guess you would lose a character or, or, or not, and yeah, that's where you'll notice the big difference in your play. You'll, those battles that become like almost unplayable for you become a little bit, they become a little bit more playable for those who don't want that. And I think that's the only big difference you're going to see there.
0: Yeah, and I. I enjoy that there isn't a permadeath because if without it, I probably wouldn't have finished this game. I probably wouldn't have. And I and there's multiple reasons why even the final battle, if I had lost uh, Mercedes in that final battle like I did, um, my opinion of this game would be to the floor. And you know how that happens with me. No, I, I, I'm serious because um, was it uh, both L.A. Noir and Red Dead Redemption, both were games I actually enjoyed up until the end because of then something happens and now I literally hate those games. Um yep. and, and Brian knows this very well. He heard my rants on Red Dead Redemption. It's it's hard for me to get into a cowboy game being a Native American. It's yeah. really hard. They yeah. made me like a cowboy <laughs> and then they just murder him. In here's the and they did it in a stupid way too. Like, oh, yeah, here's this, like, posse of, like, 15 dudes that are going to shoot you outside of a barn. It's like, oh, okay, it's not like 10 minutes ago I shot a posse of 40 people with my super gun mode. (laughs) It's not like I just did this, like, 10 minutes ago and was fine, right? No, cutscene, dead. Storyline railroading, dead. And I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. Then I had to play his whiny bitch-ass son for the rest of the game, and I just (laughs) really hated him. Like
2: yeah wow
0: i just like yeah he, he hated uh, i was like, and that's what would have happened if there was a permadeath and mercedes had died in that final fight um no,
2: i've never lost the love interest so I, that, I, that might change my mind as, I mean, as
1: well if you honestly Cham, if you would have lost the love interest i would have say that's your fault man up you know protect your loved ones <laughs> you know get it together that's it <laughs> Yeah, say that that's, to the recent the divorcee. Lord.
0: Thanks, man. Thanks. Feels good. Oh <laughs> <Aww. laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. You should have uh, had. You should have had your character fall on his sword for her. That's what you uh, should have done.
0: But no, that's what yeah, I but... would have done. And yeah, r- regardless of the lashback of how I would have reacted to that, that's what if I would what I would have felt. um Mm-hmm. So I'll use that to jump into the characters. And I will say that like, I was really, really like high up on the character, the writing and everything and the relationship system to a point. Um, yeah. Okay. So he- here's, here's the thing. I think that Byleth as a character has done very well to sort of give him slash her. Cause you can be either one, uh, a decent, enough personality to not be entirely vague, but also, okay. but enough of their left blank for you to sort of insert yourself into that position. Okay. That, yeah. that was done. And I think very well, I, I um, got to stop you right there though. Mm-hmm.
1: Cause that's, that's, that's the only area, honestly, that I completely disliked um, uh. coming from somebody that played, like mass effect or days X where you have enough dialogue choices where you can like insert your own personality in there. Um, I am kind of sick of the voiceless protagonist. Now, granted he did have lines or she had lines. They had lines. They, like they, they had lines. Um, and they actually poses sp- and spoke stuff like that. Yeah. And no, no, no.
0: they actually said things in the dialogue. You just didn't see what they said.
1: I mean, they just gestured, and that I'm I'm personally sick of that. I mean, we get we we deal with it enough with Link. Um, he is like the 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 voiceless protagonist of all voiceless protagonists. Uh,
0: he does hey, the screams man. every time. The,
1: ah! He does that. That's not a speaking line; those are yelling. Mario has more <laughs> speaking lines than Link. Fight me. Uh, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> but, why would I fight uh, you on that?
0: It's actually true. <laughs> I know. this is so sad. <laughs>
1: At least Mario's like, it's a me, am Mario. I at least want him to be like, I am Link. Any, and like, like something is moving on. he like dreams the, of spaghetti, the, yeah. Right, the voiceless protagonist is just something that grates on me Um, overall. Just because, especially in a game where you're choosing different things and you're dialoguing, I think they had the option, especially because they had the voice actors on cast. Like, they had the option to give them dialogue and to have them actually say things in this world when they're making the characters and the relationships the forefront of the story and they give sure. you an entire monastery with characters and story and people in relationships to explore um and that's the part that i felt like it really uh fell down on you know I, you, you play a game um I, I don't know like i said for me it's just like the mass effect effect or any other game like that that has the dialogue sprinkled in Deus x you know, where it has, you have five different things of dialogue or four different things of dialogue and the character has literally different lines for each dialogue, even if it was now, just the two, you know, mm, I just, well, that
0: dialogue, there. I agree that, yeah, they, they could have done more with it. Now I don't have that sort of tiredness with the, the, the uh, <coughs> untalking, you know, the silent protagonists that you do, it seems, um. Literally one of my favorite protagonists is a silent protagonist, and his name is the Doom Slayer. But he's really amazing at expressing what he's thinking and feeling by ripping and tearing. Like <laughs> I,
1: I I was gonna I, say that.
0: Oh, say what?
1: Uh, I I was just gonna say that he does talk, you just can't hear him all over all of the metal music. Thank you.
0: No, he actually <laughs> does talk in Doom Eternal. He actually does have voice lines um their incoherent ramblings of a madman um,
1: really <laughs> oh I love no
0: it. you really he uh there's a part where uh, sorry i i know listeners are totally tired of me talking about doom constantly it's going to happen doom i'm break. sorry you guys got to hear this but break. um they did a really good job in doom eternal of tying the old games into the new ones and mm-hmm. people didn't think that that was possible because they're like there's no way it's the same dude like the Dooms 2016 is clearly a retelling of Doom One, and if you really look into the nitty gritty, it's not. It actually it occurs in the same places, but it's actually not. There are actually different things going on once you look at it. But you know, wow. hindsight is 2020 once we actually know the real connection. But Doom guy who they tied in Doom 64 also, which Doom 64 was like the black sheep of Doom for a long time. Now it's Doom 3, because Doom 3 is straight up a retelling of Doom 1 in, in its uh, entirety. No longer part of the timeline also, which makes it confusing. Oh, wow, that's bad. That's really so it's, bad. It's, it's Doom, Doom 2, and then Doom 64, where Doom 3 would be, and then now Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. So the time of Doom 64 happened right after Doom 2. And Doom 64, at the end of it, he says basically he stays in hell to make sure that hell never tries to attack Earth again, right? Mm-hmm. Cut to years later, the the cons, which are not the magic people from Magic the Gathering, the cons are like the angel equivalent in the Doom world, uh, find this rambling madman outside of just roaming hell, slaying demons who's a straight-up human. He's not an angel. He's not a superhuman. He's just a straight-up human. They find him incoherently saying, Rip. Tear. Must. Kill. <laughs> demons. And it's like, literally, that's the lines. And, like, um, other than that, like, as a silent protagonist, he they actually display his emotions very well. And Doom 2016, Brian's seen this. The, the opening to that game is like really on point to what he's feeling, yep. right? Because like there's the, the the line that Samuel Hayden's like, but it was worth it, and you see him cracking his knuckles like, nope, it wasn't, and then he punches the screen so he can't hear Samuel anymore, and cocks his gun into the music. It's just fucking amazing. But like, <laughs> but, um, I liked I liked Bayliss to a degree. Now, I understand where well, you're tired of that, but I don't... I I, I don't see that.
2: I have a different... I, I'm kind of in the middle. I know... I kind yeah. of know
0: what, what Jacob is talking
2: about. I mean, and it's not just... It's not just Link and... and, um... And, and but Just in gaming, just... You go back a few... You go back a, like a console or two. That was very common. Where either the whole cast oh. or the protagonist just didn't speak. But... In this particular game, I felt it was fair. You had the character, the, the main character, had enough interaction, and, and there was enough voice going on all over the place that it didn't bother me like it would normally bother me. Um, yeah, so I
0: I, I, I I would say that. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll say, I'll say
2: that in this particular game, it, it was it was enough that everything else was carrying the game, the other the other the other characters' dialogue. Even your choices though, they weren't as um, I guess you didn't have as many choices in and, and, and when you when you did have opportunities to make choices, you get you didn't have choices that might not particularly aligned with how you really wanted to. Overall, I thought it was pretty good, especially for a game that typically doesn't do that for you. Like you typically don't get like Fire Emblem, you usually just play a story, an existing character. There are a few games mm-hmm. in the series where you do play as you know, a character that you customize, but this is this this one was a little the, bit more open ended. I think when the it comes stereotypical to
0: farm boy out for an adventure.
2: You will, t- well, I mean, you you play like Ike. Ike is the character you play in in, in previous games, or or, or and Roy, oh, okay. like that's like you will play. That is who you are. So it's Ike Marth.
0: All these weird people from Smash Brothers <laughs> All that the Smash I don't characters. really give a crap hey, hey, about.
1: Hey, hey. watch it, watch it, watch it. Crom, um, watch, um,
0: watch what? Watch, watch them die to Bowser. I think okay. we're, we're <laughs> the game Crom was in <laughs> was the first
2: game I think that had you take a, you build a character, and that your character was kind of Crom's assistant. If if you were, mm-hmm. you know he Chrom, he was Crom's strategist, and that was the first time you you, you got to make your own character. And very similar um, style. Your character didn't talk things like that, but he he actually felt more um, robotic. than Bailiff is a, yeah. is a is a very good transition from it, that more robotic feel, and I hope hopefully we see more progression towards that because it can it can be better. Obviously, it could be better, but I don't think it's right. one of the one of the one of the ways in which it's been done that it just that is just grated my my nerves like, like Jacob has uh, become fatigued well, against it. S- similar similar character styles
0: I think uh I think that Jacob does have a point because um the silent protagonist obviously works in certain situations mm-hmm. right um the silent protagonist works uh in certain characters like Doom guy Master Chief uh mm-hmm. where well, Master Chief isn't entirely silent. I mean, he actually Famous. has voice lines and stuff.
1: I was going to say, but uh, I was just letting it slide. You know?
0: No, I, I, I was. I actually enjoy Halo. I've played most of them except for the recent ones. Metroid
2: um, and Samus.
1: Oh, that's another set.
0: Yeah, Metroid. That makes sense. She's a bounty hunter. She really doesn't care,
1: except for okay. She's not silent anymore, but that game was really bad, so we don't talk about it. <laughs> I, I never played it, and I don't.
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't have any feelings. I mean, I still consider
2: you silent if you don't speak a lot. Like, I mean, if your lines are few to, to none, I will. I will. I will throw that as silent protagonist. I, I don't.
0: But I do see the point because there is a lot of baleth or baileth or however you however you say it, interacting Byleth. with characters. Mm-hmm. And that that could have been voiced or done better or even dialogued out yeah, like they do with polished. the pictures. It could have polished yeah. up. Uh, I, like, I feel like because of how they use it in this situation, I kind of agree with Jacob. But during my playthrough, it didn't bother me because I'm not... For me, that wasn't a sticking point. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I haven't dealt with yeah. it before. No,
1: that's... Um, it, to, be, to be fair... It didn't bother me until I heard Byleth talk in the middle of Batman. yeah. <laughs> At that point, I was like, "Why didn't y'all just have the voice the rest of the yeah?" Like, That's why the not? Only yeah, reason I, that I it honestly that. bothered me um, is because they went and picked a great voice actor. I will say actor, that I didn't enjoy
0: um, the very anime you know, thing for
1: for each voice that, that, like, that the, I'm now powerful
0: and have green hair. Like, come on, like <laughs> I we 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 know among us i'm the least anime fan here so like sure. when i see when i see some stuff like that it becomes ridiculous to me and 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 then i get where they're going for because like she the goddess combines with you and then the time skip happens soon after but you know what i mean um yeah, yeah
2: i would have like some lead up to that like I, I think i'd like some lead up to that versus just like next battle on'm power i'm powered up
0: I just there's just so much so much of this uh bravado over it and then suddenly nothing that it just like it's so anime and I and that's one of the things that I hate about anime is is those kind of tropes. Also the unrequited love shit that happens in most animes that I really don't care for. Um Uh like I just uh but like that was a part part that that bothered me i literally rolled my eyes when he came out of that whatever thing and he was green and shining and his hair was flowing out of wind coming up yeah. for no reason Super Saiyan saying like man. come
1: on i mean you got an exclusive class for it let's be fair I,
0: I, i'm not i'm not i'm not opposed to like it, i would have preferred there was not pers- exclusive classes I feel that would have made more sense within the world to not have exclusive classes. Why?
2: Why do you think that? Serious. Be-
0: because there is already an established, like, I'm learning this and I'm a teacher. So, like, oh yeah, I'm going to know how to teach my student how to be a knight because I'm a god being and I can speak for the goddess. Like, that disconnect happened in my brain because I was like, I mean, he was doing fine as a squire and a mercenary before and then he could have just naturally progressed into the other jobs like everyone else. Like, I yeah. felt like I felt like it wasn't necessary thus it doesn't need to be there.
2: Um, necessary for him or for all the other characters?
0: In general, for the world building. I don't think uh, there needs to be I, that kind I of... I disagree. I very,
2: disagree very very. I disagree completely. Same. I mean, I, I would. I think that one, it it makes the characters even more intriguing from not just a, a character perspective. Like, oh, I like to know get to know this character and things of that nature, but also from uh, just a, a battle perspective. Now, this character has has something special about it. So even if you didn't care about the character from a, a in a relationship perspective, you cared about that character because he was a really good fighter, which is is very very realistic like maybe you don't get along with someone but you know he's good at his job and his loss will be felt
0: but, because he left but also the red red haired dude that was kind of a ladies man i can't remember his so name lame. yeah he, he was really cool as just being what was already available as a dark knight like yeah uh i think there was enough classes there to not warrant, have to warrant specific new classes. Now I like that there was hidden ones like the dancer. That was cool. I like that. And now that, uh, that one took up the green haired girl that was actually the dude's daughter and not sister. Can't remember her name.
1: Flame. i talking about flame instead. Of flame. Yeah. Flame.
0: flame. Yep. Um, like her having a dancing class because you did something specific was really cool. But to just sort of suddenly get this god power and now I'm this class really broke the sort of build up I was already doing with Byleth that I no longer had to care about his class. Because that was going to be well, more... Byleth, I, I agree. And, and, like, I feel like that kind of breaks the sort of world building up to that point. Now, granted, yes, he doesn't know he's going to become some god being that is the voice of the goddess because now they're one like, like they, 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 he doesn't know that the game doesn't know that they want to make that a surprise reveal. I just don't feel it needed an exclusive class at the same time. Maybe an exclusive ability. I could see that. Um, but it's it sort of, I do it. I got, I get into class systems because my first foray into this, this type of game strategy RPGs was final fantasy tactics, which did have a mm-hmm. job system. It was really yep. cool you got some really cool classes later on. And there's some cool classes in this one. They're a little bit more, I would say, mundane and less fantastical than in some other games, typically. And we get the more fantastical one with the god class and that kind of stuff. But, like, it felt out of nowhere. And if there's, like, nothing else that has that. You don't get to play as the dragons from the other Fire Emblems in this one, right? Like, unless that happens in another faction. No. No, yeah, so like
2: you don't get to play as the dragons or the Lagos. I I do miss those people. I, I would like to see them re- make an appearance again. But yeah, you don't get to be, play any shit. Right.
0: characters. And and while I know about those other things in this sort of subsection of what we're playing in, it didn't make sense for that one dude to be the only special dude.
1: I mean, I I kind of get where he you're wasn't the from, only special one at,
0: though at the, I mean, at the
1: same, at the same um on the same wavelength though, like if you didn't care about that class, then you didn't have to run as that class either. Um Yeah, so, except it like,
0: was like three times as powerful as any other class as far as like the stats <laughs> went.
1: Hey, hey, I I mean, I said you didn't have to run it. I didn't say you'd be smart not to run it, but I mean uh, you clearly okay. they, they, the game clearly pushes you into that class. Like, that's very
0: that's the, see the I don't know if you, I told you guys why I'm so upset with Monster Hunter lately. Is because of stuff like that where you don't have to play Safi Jiva weapons, but they are mechanically and numbers-wise the absolute strongest weapons by far and it's even extremely noticeable to be the most unexperienced player. <laughs> and you'd be <laughs> stupid not to use them. And that's kind of what I feel about this. I don't I don't like a solved answer for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like, and and it just makes you that class. I didn't even know I was a different class. I was in a battle and trying to do one of my abilities. Like, why can? What, what's going on? Like, oh, wow. what what is this here? Because you know I don't check up on the units all the time because I have a, a layout of what I want to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so well, and then I had to. I actually changed him back to get the mastery that I was working on because I that was actually what I wanted to do. I wanted. I, was, I don't. I don't even remember what he was on. But it was, I think I got an extra move speed, which helped a lot. I uh, think mm-hmm. actually got an extra unit of movement, um, and then I went back to the God thing. And I don't think I ever mastered the God one. Um, yeah. Maybe I did or didn't, but because um, yeah, again, it's been a long time since I played. But like, it just like it disrupted how I was playing, and then it just changed mm-hmm. things without kind of really me knowing it. it and, and it, and I it, know, it, it just felt weird. A- right. Agreed. Agreed.
2: I, I, I too, had... Like, so I'm used to planning out every character. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. I have all these options for these characters. I'm going to play all these different classes. And then at some point, I'll pick out of, like, you know, they'll have four to five, you know, master classes. They may even have a special class for them, but... Or two special classes for, for this master class for this person. And I'll look at them all and decide how I want to play this character. I was doing that for my character. I was like, oh, I'm going to be... What is it? The uh, the mortal savant. I was like, I'm gonna be mortal savant. It makes sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these the skill tree, this path, and then it just shifted you to, to to that class, right? And what I really wanted to happen is that 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 class branched out two to, it gave me two or three branches. Like I, I wouldn't have mind to shift it at all if it had been. Hey, look, this is you're, you're going to be the you know the blessed one. This you know the goddess reborn, but you can play her as. These three specific classes, and then you can, and that way I have a choice. Like, oh, well, you know what? I really like being, you know, more of a smiting type player versus, you know, this kind versus some other type of player. Right. But it was just you. are This, and I was like, I, I get that you're going to make me be fulfill this 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 role, but I would really like to have a choice in this role within this within this thing you just did to me. I I would have loved to have a choice. Right. To be like this. This play type, this play type, or this play type, at least, and that would have been that would have been more I think more appreciated. But I did get over it, and I was like, well, I do have fifteen other characters and characters I recruited. I'll just focus on them because, yeah, I, my character kind of was just like, hey, it's, he's going to be this or she's going to be this, depending on how you know what 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 gender you chose, uh, but um. That was, like, a break, like, like, kind of, like, almost, like, pumping the brakes moment for me. I'm like, what? So, this is it? Like, this is, I'm going to, I mean, this is the best choice, I guess, but I'd like to come to that conclusion myself. And two, I'd like to have an option, just in case I wanted to do something else, but this makes sense. I mean, I did switch the class a couple of times, mm-hmm. just, just because, I mean, your character's good at a lot of things, so he can, you can't play them as other things. But, like, in, in the story, for the most part, I I played just like you did, mm. um, and probably Jacob and everybody else did. I played as the Blessed One or whatever, whatever the class is called because mm. it just heavily gravitated towards you that way. Mm-hmm. I really wish it would have given me, like, options within that.
0: Right, and I, I think it would have done well to actually not railroad you into also a sword fighter as well. And then, like... You could use the other weapons and other abilities and classes and stuff, but like they really kind of like at least in my perspective, and maybe I'm wrong, but like they there wasn't a lot of choice of like no, you're gonna be wielding swords for your for the most part, and I'm like well,
2: that's magic magic I mean it's they also magic. had
0: magic and and so it was swords and magic, which is okay, right but I mean magic is a good backup for any character I feel like in in general
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, Magical, I
2: like the range in general. With with your with your right. Order, I don't you know, think there uh, was there.
0: anyone that I had that was purely physical, other than do Like do was the only one that was pure physical. Cause man, his crit rate for some reason with those axes, whew, dude. do would just like just murder people. That's also why <laughs> I didn't like losing him. Cause also do was one of my favorite units as as well. You know, that's just a permadeath thing that that all learn. You know that that should be accepted. Is like, oh, you lost your favorite unit because it was fun. Whoop de do. Yeah, that's not a good mm-hmm. reason. But, um, but uh, yeah. yeah, I like I, I I I felt very railroaded on what the character could do in battle. However, in outside of battle, the relationships and stuff that that kind of thing, um, I didn't feel feel as restricted like i I, the the social choices were very good uh i will say i was amazed at how well fleshed out everyone in every house is it amazed me that i was interested in every member of my house and their backstories. and and i'm a guy who doesn't who typically will skip the dialogue in a game just to get (laughs) to the next thing um Mm -hmm. i don't do as i get older i don't do that as much because i do want to experience what the developers intend um for instance you guys are familiar with honey pop
2: no not me Mm -hmm. not at all nope uh
0: you guys wouldn't be because it's more of a raunchy game it's a match three that's basically a porn game that you're dating girls and you match it's like candy crush you basically match three and the the more you match, you win the date and after five dates you get to sleep with them. The goal is to sleep with all the girls. And there's uh, a Yeah, no there's a developer intended mode that uncensors it because it had to be censored for Steam and GOG. We actually for the podcast that we usually talked about dating Sims for another episode. And this was the one of the ones that I had played. And like I didn't make it uncensored because I felt like I wanted to see uncensored stuff. It's actually pretty mundane compared to what they already showed you. Um, but I made it uncensored because that was the developer intent. So more and more as I get older, as I like to see what the developer intent was for a game as well. Um,
2: yeah, that makes sense. So Developing I intent.
0: I didn't skip any dialogue in this one. I read it all because partially because of developer intent, and also part as I wanted to be actually able to speak about this game with you guys, because you guys, I know you guys were excited of what I felt of it being a newcomer and being so adamant and so Mm -hmm. opinionated as, as, as Jacob likes to say, I have odd tastes, um, which is fair. I do. Um, I will say what I want to get into a little bit of specifically is the relationship thing. Um, I think that relationship systems and games are cool. I like them. I kind of get into them. However, I've yet to see the one that isn't really freaking shallow. Like this one, I enjoyed it up until I realized how shallow it was. Uh, which was giving gifts and doing things with them. Is doing things with them is fine. It's the gift giving that really kind of irks me because that feels very materialistic. And sure, that is a <laughs> that is a love language for sure but it irks me
1: because <laughs> it everybody happened at the same love language.
0: Yeah. And it you didn't doesn't have to do it though. It did. It just irks me. Right. So I, like I said, I ended up trying to go for Mercedes, but here's the thing. I could have gone for any of the girls in my group just for doing the normal things anyways. So I actually ended up putting mm-hmm. a lot of energy into Mercedes for no reason. It felt like, so that kind of felt cheap. Um, because I was just trying to keep their the, you know, just like oh okay they have a lost item I'll give it to them right because there's a benefit to that there's a benefit to yeah. watching all the cutscenes not just for story but also bonds in battle to actually make them work together better and I thought that was really cool and I know that's not specific to this Fire Emblem I know that's an old mechanic as, as from what I've heard is that yes but two of them working I, together I, I, yeah yeah um So when I, when we get to like the gift giving and that kind of stuff to specifically try to date them and it really only come down, came down to which girl do I want to date? Pick out of a list of ones that are far enough in your hearts. Right. Three times. And I had to reiterate that choice three times, which, okay, I get it. If maybe things change and you're not really keen on Mercedes anymore and you want to go for Ingrid, which I could have gone for Ingrid for not even trying with Ingrid the whole time. Um, comes down to really only one decision at the end before the final battle. Then you get a nice little cutscene that is like, and they lived happily ever ever after together, kind of. Sort of thing, right? And that felt pretty empty after all the energy I put in to try to talk to Mercedes and get to know her specifically in that aspect, which wasn't... So Like every time there was a tea time, tea time with Mercedes. Doing it. Every time. Um always cooking with Mercedes and that kind of stuff, I was like, because I actually like relationship mechanics and games I'm a yep. sucker for romance. I just want them to do yep. it right for once like <laughs> like um so it feels but shallow my- it, very shallow, yeah. so I didn't get anything out of that i didn't get I didn't get any like. Satisfaction of like, oh, they're together. It's so happy. Like, oh, the the ending was kind of cute because it's like, oh, and they worked helping the needy the rest of their lives. It was like, yeah, okay, that's sweet, but like, I don't care. Like, well, what? It just ends. That's it. I could have just well, picked Ingrid and done nothing. Like, I realized that as soon as it happened.
1: Here, here's what I'll say. It was for my character and the relationship that you choose at the end of the game. That was probably the more disappointing point. Um, like, I told Brian, I was just like, I don't know who I'm going to choose, like, the whole time. I was like, I just kept going. Like, I don't know who I'm going to choose. I ended up choosing Petra. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Same dis- here, man. You and Petra? I forgot.
1: Yeah, just just because oh. some of the conversations that we had, like, I just felt like my options were a little limited. and they bit, Like you said, they felt shallow. More than, I think, probably out of all the games that have had relationships options, I think this is the most shallow it's been for me. Um, mm-hmm. But that said, it was very interesting to see the relationships of the other characters because they all had different like yes. possibilities yeah. that came out of them. Um, and
0: those I, were cool, right? Because they yeah, felt earned. those were
1: super cool. They,
0: yeah. they, they, they definitely felt earned. The, the actual I'm, love connection with you and another character did not feel earned,
1: I feel. Correct. Yeah, I get yeah. mm-hmm. that. The one that blindsided me the most, though, in my playthrough was freaking Claude and Lysithia. Like I didn't see that the entire time, and then like, and if Claude ends up with Lysithia in the Golden Deer timeline, he basically Mm -hmm. ends up abdicating the throne to Mm. help cure Lysithia's sickness. Okay, and yeah, and they just like disappear off at the sunset, and it's very implied, heavily implied that Claude found like a cure for her double uh, crest, and then they just like disappear. So he left the throne to me. And I was ra- running the country with uh, Petra by my side.
0: Hmm. Um. So for me, with the Blue Lions, um, I had Mercedes by my side, and we were just like people living out of the monastery, helping people. Right. Dimitri uh, took the throne, and he took um the green haired girl as his wife. Um, Flame. Yeah. Flame. Oh, interesting. Uh, I think I think that's what happened. Uh, uh, And then um, the red-haired ladies' man and the super moody sword dude. See, this is the problem with having such a late. I don't remember their names.
1: Sylvain and Felix.
0: Yeah, they had like this. Like they were lords in the kingdom, which they always, you know, they were their families were lords. But they had like a, a really freaking like awesome bromance in which they were like these awesome like caring warlords that like really helped progress the kingdom in their territories like really far so like everything like was really cool in that aspect and i enjoyed the story they said of me and mercedes having this like quiet little life where we just help people and that kind of stuff but, like i could have just picked ingrid and it would have been the same like i just don't I, that's the problem that 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 and it's isn't fire emblems fault alone even stardew valley uh has a relationship system that i was really into and then it happens and i'm like oh that's it like it was really interesting up until you get married
1: that's what i was gonna say
0: i was like yeah about getting married that's it and then you get married and then the relationship is essentially flatlined and over like one time i had talked to robin too much and she's like should i be worried i was like oh, there's a spark of life in you. You actually have a different dialogue. Um, like. Uh, yeah, it's
2: just... for Fire Emblem, the payoff is the chase for your character. All the other characters, they actually are interesting to see how they pair up and what they end up doing because it, it, yeah. is, it actually is interesting, um, it, but it has never been a thing for your character to like. like. They've never gotten that right, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I've, and I don't, I, many I don't see that changing and... anytime soon either. And that's that's a little disappointing. It's not that I need to have romance in all of my games, but if you're going to try to do it, do it not this way, please. Like, well, come on. Y- y-
2: you, they put the effort into doing, the, doing it, and you just you just feel like the, you, they could they could have a better ending payoff at the very least. The buying, you know, the buying stuff. I that that is, I think that's a choice. You you can you can. Not buy them a single thing. Well, I did it thinking me.
0: I had to and realized I didn't. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah. But so that one, that one, I, I, I won't hold that, that grudge as much, but definitely, like you guys said, when you get to the end, you're like, yeah, we're you know, I mean, it, it can vary a little bit more, more so upon what your other characters do could change what you and your love does. But what you, which love you choose, it's still, like, it doesn't matter. It's still the same. Like if I would have chose, Yeah you know, like Cynthia or, or someone else. Like, it still would have been, you know, this happens, the end. Did you get any
0: Mm -hmm. indication of interest in who you were pursuing before? So, like, Like before you get married, like, any dialogue that was like, maybe this could work out kind of stuff? Or was that all sort of, like, self-deduced between the interactions of the characters? Like, kind of projecting, like, ah, I could see this working. Versus actual in-game, of like a responding of affection. So I saw a, a hint of it Hilda once from Mercedes. I, also, uh, general, the the freaking like, touching them in different, different so spots at the end of the, the tea party was really freaking
1: like, creepy. No. Yeah, <laughs> Manuel so, is a big flirt, yes. You know. are, other than that, it's so for like, me,
2: like, and when I when I played through Hilda, here, it's
1: just, hit her, it's just Um something.
2: She was one character who I noticed. She, you could tell she's warming up to you and uh, this mm-hmm. could be a very very you know like viable option but you go with and... petra
0: now now petra's the singer right is my no petra no.
2: petra from Bridget. She's, she's she's not she's not in the uh the golden deer i actually recruited her um oh. <laughs> from the okay. black eagles and then uh, i will say uh leonie i never Those recruited two.
0: anybody i don't think i recruited really? anybody really
2: yeah. Okay. Leone would yeah. be the other. Leone would be the person I I was going to pick. Actually, it was oh, wow. between Leone and Petra. If you actually continued to talk with Leone, I don't know how close you got with her. There is mean, a point. I mean, there's a point where where she where you do where you do notice a huge difference. Like it, it goes from you know kind of being a rival and jealous to her actually seeing your qualities. What's your you know what yeah. what is special about you? And actually liking you and and that that jealousy that that rivalry becomes kind com- admiration and mm. affection and she opens up and becomes you know instead of being as guarded, she becomes a little bit more um, now uh, unguarded around you. I, I, that character was a was a real real um, it was a real tough decision between those two. Petra it was just because I was like I, I think Petra would be a good person. And but now, Leone actually grew on me, and I was going to choose her.
0: With Mercedes, it was there was one hint of dialogue during a tea party where she seemed interested. Okay. Um, and she's like the stereotypical like super church girl, right? Super yeah. quaint, super like pr- proper, that kind of stuff. Uh, caring and that kind of which is okay. It's 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 whatever they made her. And it's fine. I ended up going for her because it's, I don't know. It just made sense for in, in my brain, but like Ingrid also had a single line and I feel like that's not enough. And I realized when Ingrid did it also, it's just because we got to that relationship level. Yeah. And they threw in a tiny little hint that like, yeah, okay. We're indicating that we like each other more because of the relationship level. And I'm like, that's Okay. But, like, as far as, like, if you're actually going to put a relationship system behind this, it literally, like, that's what really made me realize it didn't matter until that final choice. Like, I was like, all right, this is nothing. Like, <laughs> there, wasn't even, ever. there wasn't even, like, the idea of a chase for me at that point. It was just, like, this is just canned dialogue at this point. Like, it doesn't matter. Um
2: so- I will say that there are certain characters I noticed that, that like, that, if, it, if it was, was it Licentia and what's the other girls in, there
0: in our in group? Um,
2: Marianne, they yeah. weren't
1: very, like they were very
2: robotic with you. Like it was very much the same, the same, the same. I think it just depended on which characters you interacted with. Some of your characters mm-hmm. were, were going to be very cookie cutter and others who actually had more, um, had a deeper character, I guess you'd say towards uh, a more wide range, wider range, like Leone, my opinion. Mm-hmm. Hilda, she tried to come across, you know, very um, shallow, but she was hiding, you know, much more, and that's, that was, right. that was, that's what kind of made her different than, than the other girls you're talking to, and Manuela, if you actually talk with Manuela, I thought Manuela also had an interesting one, I mean, she was, I mean, she was kind of man hungry the whole time, but, there's a certain point where, <laughs> certain point where like she actually says, you know, are you the guy for me, or you know, because you've been nice to her, even things like that. So I think there are certain characters who actually feel organic in the chase, you know, the, pr- the pursuit of them, but the outcome is always going to be roughly the same, and that's where like I start to fall up, you yeah, know, like like he said, it starts to fall apart. But I've kind of, I kind of mm. felt that I was like, I'm pretty sure they're going to be the same, but. There's certain characters, just them opening up. Uh, the difference, I think, is that certain characters and how they opened up to you. If you chose this person over this person, they may have opened up something that you would have never known about them, or you'd have experienced another side of them that you just didn't think was there, versus some of the other characters right. where they're just very, just their whole character's always been on display, and there's nothing uh, particularly guarded or hidden from them. They don't become. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh. Like they don't lay their personality bare later on to you mm-hmm. that you that you can see uh, very unguarded or something of the sort. So I think I yeah, think there so is some of that.
0: It's Dimitri was very much a blank. Not Dimitri, sorry. Um, Dudu was very much a blank slate until his later relationships with people. Yeah. Um, which made sense, right? He's like super prim, proper, and super like had a rough life. Like that, that made sense for him to be so formal and so distant and then sort of warming up to people and even Dimitri because like Mm -hmm. him and Dimitri were like best buds, but you know, the dude wouldn't even acknowledge it until the later conversations. Yeah. Um. uh, and, And because it was improper. Right. And, and, um, And that's, that's the kind of thing. It's like, I feel like everything else was done so well. And then when they just fail this hard for me, at (laughs) least on the relationship stuff, they just shouldn't have had that. Right. If you're going to do that, actually put some more effort into it to make it feel more natural or that kind of thing. I get it. They're trying to place hooks in several different options. So you might have an interest in any one of the options, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it doesn't really, it doesn't do anything when you don't put that extra mile in for that. So I I would almost per, I would almost want that not in there at all versus having it be just sort of a shallow. It felt like an afterthought, uh, more than anything. Of like, oh yeah, they we used to do this in the game. Shit, we forgot uh, do this, this, and this. Like like it's what really it feels like versus actually putting some time and effort into it.
2: Um, I, I felt very different on that though. I, I want to say I feel very different on that. I mean if you played the previous games I, this game is where it, I think they're making they, they took a step in the right direction on making it better because it, it, and I say that from not your perspective but not from your character because you don't always in, in previous games you didn't always have a choice of like typically you're playing a character so you you didn't have a choice mm-hmm. of of um, person you're going to be with, and to a certain extent, it was just dialogue. Like you would fight next to each other, and you would experience certain dialogues outside of combat. If you would like, if you like, if you like to experience, if you didn't, if you didn't do it, then you wouldn't get the boost in relationship and whatnot. But
0: what? what well, I am not saying the relationship in in general. I'm talking about the romantic side of the yeah,
2: relationship. The, the, so the romantic side, I think, is better. for now, I will say, it is better, and actually I, I like it for everybody but you. As in, like, everybody but Bailiff. Because I, what I do like is trying to find, and this is just, this is just how I've always played the game. Um,
1: mm-hmm. You have
2: these characters, like, let's, my, for, me, for me it was Ignaz. Ignaz is a very, very different person. He's, a, he's an introvert. He's, he's kind of, he, he's kind of a shy, he's shy, he's an introverted. he's sure about his skills and all, all sorts of things. He thinks he, he always, he's always apologizing. And so what I always find interesting is I look, okay, here are the people I know I can get him to max in you know, a relationship with. You know, who would be a good pair with Ignax to, to change his character, to, 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 to help him grow in the spots where he's weak, see him become like a complete person. And that's how I play for, you know, the, the accompanying character. And that's really fun to me. And the payout is there to me mm-hmm. because you get to see Ignatz change from this personality to that personality. The interactions, they they become more personable with each other, and things like that. Um, and they're not as generic as they would be with, when it's with you, which is kind of a shame. Because mm-hmm. and I think part of it is because you have so many options. You're like, well, we're only gonna we're only gonna make some of these options actually specific hopefully if you pick one of those you're great if you didn't you get a generic of a generic flow um, I'm curious on you how you guys feel about that like did you guys feel the same way when it comes to like the supporting cast was I mean I, I thought it was very interesting playing them out because you had multiple options and it was kind of how do I want to see this person you know play out what balances this person maybe you want to throw them off their, their game do you guys try any of that kind of stuff with some of the characters
0: I, um... I th- in my opinion, every single dialogue interaction, even with Byleth and other people, was actually pretty good and interesting. It's only when they shoved the the I wanna marry X with these three conversations and then it's done. Okay. Okay. You know what okay, I mean? I, okay. That's that's the part that kills me. I wish they just removed those three conversations, <laughs> the whole thing about your mother's ring because they made it sound really important because it's one of the last things your father tells you. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, like, and then, like, it just doesn't mean anything. But every interaction I had with Mercedes, Ingrid, or even Dimitri to do, every, every one of the people in that cast, even, um, I can't re- Roland, which was uh, the red hair, I finally remembered his name. The, the the heavy armored dude some of the more teaching staff like uh, uh, there was the white haired girl that carried the one magical weapon Uh, not white haired she was blonde she was one of the teachers um, Manuela?
2: No, Manuela Manuela is
0: Manuela no she was a fighter she wasn't the main oh oh um, Catherine, oh, um, Catherine. Cool. I like her too Kath- Catherine was the one that joined my house Manuela joined a different house in the uh time skip. Um I got them both. So yeah, Catherine got all, I, got, I
2: got I got them huh? all except for I got Catherine, Manuela and Ammon, and and
0: Elios Eloise. The guy who was obsessed with the sigils, I actually killed him <laughs> uh, in a battle. Uh it's the same with uh the the nurse she Miss she Manuela. Yeah, she died in another battle um
1: Handerman. so you kill hanneman and <laughs> manuela dude. i mean
0: they they force their hand like they they're like
1: the easiest they're like the easiest recruits in the manuela game.
0: i didn't really care to recruit people i had a good cast and i had a That's full it. team like i actually had two people i never used which was um the right hand guy that was the one guy's the one girl's dad mm-hmm. green hair um I never used him. He was on my team that is. and he was sort of forced that on is. my team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, him and, um, there was another one that I just never used. That is- oh, Go it from- was Catherine. Yeah. Catherine. I just never used. And like, yeah, wow. I really cared about the students more than anything. Cause like, that's who I got to know better. I, yeah, I got to know those people too. And it was actually kind of cool seeing their dialogue and their interactions with people. But like, At the same time, it's just like I didn't need to recruit more people. Like, it didn't need to happen because I didn't have to worry about permadeath. So, like, I ended up not doing a lot of those interactions. Maybe that's a downfall because I didn't have permadeath that I didn't need those backups. But um, at the same time, like I don't feel like I missed out on anything because of that either. I just didn't see it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, Uh, I thought it was kind of funny. I had to kill the sigil dude uh, because his like the way they just don't acknowledge you is so weird. Um, There's like a little line of dialogue. that that They're like really sad, like the one of the other students that died in one of the battles. I think it was the one I actually tried recruiting her, which was the opera Mm -hmm. singer. Um, Dorothea. Yeah, I actually tried recruiting her because she actually seemed interested at one point when I actually looked, and she's like, "Well, you just need to get uh, this stat up, your or something like that." And I was like, "Okay, I, I can work on that." And then before I could could really get that going, the time split happened, and the, you know, there you go. I can't. But um, when she died, she was actually killed by uh, the ladies' man, red haired ladies' mm-hmm. man. Still don't remember his name. So um, so Sylvain, there you go, and uh Sylvain actually deeply hated doing that, he actually was like, "I'm so sorry, I had to do this, but you forced my oh, wow. hand, and I was like, "That's kind of cool that you know there was still that recognition of like there was a past life between us and and that kind of stuff, but like yeah. everything mm-hmm. everything of like the relationships with people was amazing it's just the part where they shoehorned in a marriage just felt so okay dumb
2: now what about you jacob did you do something similar like what i was talking about with the characters as in like building their relationship with other characters did you try to fill voids in their in their personalities or whatnot
1: i mean that's that's basically what i did um, my favorite interaction relationship-wise, uh, which I was surprised they didn't actually get shipped, was Manuela and um, Lorenz. Um, they have this nice little thing where Manuela like checks out Lorenz's poetry, and she's basically like mentoring him on poetry and turning his poetry into songs and stuff like that. I was like, that's really oh, freaking cool. Uh, hmm, th- I, I honestly thought they were going to get married, and Marianne was like, you ain't going to take my man. And then so that that's what happened there. So I did
2: not get that in my playthrough. That's I didn't get their relationship up high enough then. That's
1: yeah. that's cool. I, mean, I I had a to I was to Cham's point, I had a lot of characters, but I still like found a way to get most of the characters in there, especially when it came to like adjutants and stuff like that that. Um so I got I got to see a lot of story in a lot of situations. Yeah, I didn't
0: um, miss any interaction. Like, there was no person that wasn't at at max relationship level with another person. Everyone was at max as they could be with everyone else when I finished. And I didn't find that to be a problem at all.
1: Yeah, I had a few missing. um, But I made sure Byleth was maxed out. I was like, everybody that I had. And I had a few extra characters. I was like, but Byleth is going to be maxed out with just about everybody. Um, I was like, and then... Uh, Claude, because he's the leader of the house. I was like, you need to be maxed out with everybody. I was like, and then other than that, yeah. I was like, we kind of just. see and it. And I, I didn't, talk.
0: I didn't even cut it close. Yeah, like I was
1: relationship wise, and I was a good because for my team actually benched
0: because everything's um, like a month. Right as soon as I got, 11 I was probably Ignaz wrote the bench. I was probably a good three or four months that that I had no relationships that weren't at max.
1: Oh wow. I mean, I, I recruited a lot of characters, though. Let me—I'm actually going to count now. Uh, one, two. Three,
0: I mean, four, I recruited five. zero. So
1: I had eleven characters not in my house. That's
0: a I lot.
2: Had, I had nine or ten. And that's not including. And that the might be—that might be
0: why, because I just didn't have to interact with it as much and do as much.
2: No, I am a little shallow, and a lot of the people I got were were potential uh, uh, marriage. <laughs> like I could, I may want to marry Manuela or Shamir or Catherine. I guess I'll have to have them in my um, in my house. You <laughs> <So, laughs>
0: know, so. Brian went full harem on him. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> ah, ladies. ladies, 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 don't fight over me. <laughs> 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 Please <laughs> Full on, though. full on Tenchi Muyo! I didn't, I didn't ask for this.
2: Now I, I, I am really still upset about this. I did recruit Cyril. I mean, I, we did, I did get Cyril, and Cyril died, and I, I was super I interested in. That. I was super like you know, understand like not as a, as both a, a as a character in battle and outside of battle. He was mm-hmm. like one of, he was one of my top characters I was interested in seeing like who who would be who I could match him up with and what is his story going to be like you know his own personal story because he was still trying to find a thing to fight for and yeah. he died and it bothers it 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 bothers me to to, to this day and as I'm making my next playthrough I will make sure he survives <laughs> <laughs> because I need to it, see what will happen?
0: Yeah. And my opinion was like, I didn't need to recruit people to see their stories. My opinion was if I wanted to see their stories bad enough, I would play that house. You know what I mean? So I would have played, you know, red Falcon, whatever their name is, the, the, you know, the evil house. If, uh, I really wanted to see those people and what they did. And I would have played the deer, golden deer if i had cared to see what they talked about it's just when you go to choose a house i just found dimitri more interesting uh i saw him as like a paladin type you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i was like you know what I, I think that's cool and uh and i went for it and i i very much enjoyed the game as i experienced it and i, I feel like if I were to go back and play another playthrough and I was interested enough, I don't think I would be disappointed, but I feel like I would enjoy the game less at the same time. And I wouldn't it wouldn't be because of the relationship stuff, which I think was awesome. Um it would be because of the other things that brought it down, aka like the marriage and me having to deal with fights that didn't feel very fun or fair at times or I guess I wouldn't have to start over with some of the class stuff, right? I would actually get to explore more of the class stuff and the battle system a little bit more if I went through, mm-hmm. but I mean, some battles are a total slog, right? Like I remember spending close to two hours on a battle once, like, and it mm-hmm. wasn't fun. And, it, and like, cause it's like one thing after another, after another. And I'm like, dude, just stop. I'm tired of this fight. Like just die already.
2: Now, some of those fights may become easier, too, because if you look at the different houses... That's that's true, yeah. They play differently. Like, they may have a fighter, they may have this, but for, like, uh, Jacob, you play Golden Deer, so you know, we both know that Golden Deer, they have a lot of... Everybody has a lot of secondary archer. Like, anybody in the Golden Deer house, almost, is, almost everybody, is good with secondary archer. So like, you're like oh, you know, Flaw is amazing with an axe or a sword, but guess what? He's also a sharpshooter. So some of some of your uh, some of the some of the things that are slug and uh, if you've seen some of the reviews, I believe is it is it the, the Golden Deer is probably one of the easier houses to play just because of that. I believe is, okay. is because you, you 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 have that option where a lot of your characters can learn or be really adequate with range I, combat.
0: Like, I I bet that that's true of like a certain thing of edge, each each because yes, yes. I could see uh, because the lancers were all across the board in the blue lions. There yes. are so many lancers. And uh, Black
2: Eagles is magic. I believe a lot yeah. of their characters can learn magic, so it, they, they end up. They end and, up and that's little,
0: what I was going to say. Black Eagle looked like it would have had a lot of magic based on who was there.
1: So Here, here's what I'll say to that though. Even though um, they say that they're good at archery or whatever, you can actually build all of your characters to basically do whatever classes that you want. Well, to Right well, um, right. But if you put them on a track, obviously they're predisposed to have like certain yes. good traits and qualities like that. Um, you know, Brian, I'm interested to see what you kind of did with yours, Golden Deer versus mine, but like for me, like Raphael did not touch a bow and arrow the entire game. He was gauntlets from day one. Until the war was over.
0: That was that was interesting because I never had a gauntlet class until Catherine joined. And even then. Oh. Uh no That's... brawlers. I had no brawlers. Now, um both uh both Dudu and what was his name? The swords he wanted to be the best swordsman in the world. Um Crap! He was the one that was over everything. He was super oh. sarcastic. You so, talking about uh, Felix? He Felix? Yes. Felix also had a brawler training in the beginning that I never yeah. fostered and didn't care about because I he more probably... focused on this the sword side. And then he eventually yeah. also went into black magic mm. because of the sword black magic class. The the Wanderer, something like that, like this, maybe it was Samurai or something like that. There was a yeah, sword. I think it was
1: like not Grimory. I can't remember. The
0: Modal Salon? But he, yeah, maybe he. That class was really good, yeah. and he was a really good unit because of it. Um So I ended up fostering him in Magic more so than a Brawler, and even then I didn't play with Catherine hardly at all. So when I used her, she ended up using her. Like sword stuff more than the brawler stuff. So, like when I got into, um, basically the reunion battle because I think that's true in all all playthroughs. They had the reunion battle, um, where mm-hmm. you're back on the the, <laughs> the the same like class battlefield, but now shit's real and serious because of the time skip, and you're actually killing other classmates. Um, yeah. In mine, it was a roost to get the golden deer to join the Alliance against the black Eagles in my storyline. Um, so I actually made it a point to not hit any golden deer member, even if they were hitting me, I did not wow. hit any of them. And I only hit the, the, the black Eagles and I actually won, and I lost no units doing that. I was actually pretty proud of myself for nice. that. However, there was the shy girl that never came out of her house yeah. that was on the Black Eagles.
1: Yeah. Bernadetta.
0: She died first and very harshly because she was up on that raised platform and can hit everyone to begin with. And she was doing a lot of damage. So Dimitri on his horse charged up and just crit her and killed her. And it was just like wow. Oh, and it was the first like non like it was the first like real character death that was on a different faction. I was like mm. Oh, she died for realsies. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like the Power Rangers Gold Goldar, I'll be back again, you'll see. It was like oh, she died. Yep. And Dimitri yep. just speared her.
1: Yep. That was probably the most disheartening point of the game is going through and killing everybody that you hadn't uh recruited. Yeah. Like I didn't know recruiting people um like meant that you're not going to kill them later i was just recruiting people just because whenever i play a strategy rpg i just like having like a big variance mm-hmm. in classes um so like i know cham you were talking about not not actually playing with sedith like sedith was one of my favorite flying units catherine i turned into a flying unit because i was very lacking on flying units by the time i got to the time skip yeah so Setith was like, a
0: flying unit yeah
1: but i didn't use them. yeah so um, then I had Cyril, who turned into a flying mm-hmm. unit, and then um, Claude turns into the special class flying unit with archery. Uh-huh. Yes. Um So it was yeah. So being I was pretty fleshed out. Um, but all that said, like the the people that I did have to kill though, like particularly the uh, blue lions, because I didn't I didn't want to kill any of the blue, blue,
2: blue lions.
1: And- I dude, yeah. I felt bad, man. I was mowing. Through, I know you said you weren't attacking them because you didn't know. I but know like, them. I was like, if you swing your axe at me, I will swing my sword at you. Have a good yeah. night. Now and- you,
0: you, you do have a penchant for revenge, Jacob. If someone hits you, as as we know from Smash Brothers, like, oh, oh, you took a stock, you're going down for all three of yours, like. Like I, I get that, um, but no. Like I was trying to follow the storyline because, like, the, eye, the Blue Lions way. were actively trying to team up with the Golden Deer in that battle to unite against the Empire. Not in our, so, not in my playthrough. Yeah.
2: They were not trying to team up with me. They straight up tell no, they, not, their, yeah. exa- their exact words yeah. that, to me: were get off the battlefield! I'm killing it. Like they, they were essentially like everybody who's not a blue who, who's not a Blue Line is is an enemy like I, they 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 were they were coming at us very hard.
0: That that is now that's interesting because there's a truth to that because of Dimitri because when Dimitri goes dark, quote unquote, uh after the time oh, skip. Man. Um did you guys so I Jacob you saw that in another playthrough? Yeah. Brian, so like I'm interested to see what the opinion is of the blue lions in your guy's storyline because on the outside, I understand how Dimitri looked like a villain. And I, and because he was murdering people. He was going out late can, at night and destroying people, like troops and stuff. And we're like, dude, calm down. You don't need to go out hunting at night. Everything is fine. We're your family. You're loved. You're protected. Like,
1: <laughs> Can we talk about him from the Golden deer yeah. aspect first? Because then watching the Blue Lions aspect... Like, that was, it was actually cr- crazy to see. Like, playing in the Golden Deer, um, mm-hmm. basically, um, and I know we're not into talking about the the, the complete differences in the houses yet, because um, you really want to hear how the Golden Deer turned out. I'm, I'm telling you, it's crazy. But for yeah. us, like, when you get to the battle, the second battle at Gronder Field, where everybody's fighting, Dimitri's words are, kill them, kill them all. I was like, all right, fam, yeah. bet. Yeah. Like it's on. He
2: he's but he's yeah. a berserker. He's a berserker he essentially. But it's not the same. It's not. It's definitely not the same. Like they, the the. It's not a different perspective. You're you're Dimitri because you played with him. He's a little. He's a he's a different Dimitri than what you what we see. Yeah. What we see is he he's a berserker. He comes out in the battlefield. He says, "I'm going to kill them all." Like yeah. he doesn't. He, no, no, he no. knows we're not. He knows that we're not even on him. All. Yeah. That is straight up what he
0: even, is when you first find him in my storyline. That is not different. And that's hold what on, everyone hold on else it, sees hold him th- as.
1: Hold on, hold on to it. Oh. Hold on to your point, Jam. Hold okay. on. To, i will tell, tell you. Because having seen both sides, so it we, does change. Yeah. It. But it, it, it changes. Like, I've
2: seen the other side. But when too, he first like, shows like, up,
1: I part of that's it. just what I'm seeing. I'm just like, holy crap. And, oh. and I felt bad killing everybody else because the conditions on that battle were just to kill the two generals. But they were literally swinging. Like yeah. when they swung at my people, like most of them were swinging at people that basically could kill you on defense swings. Like they were swinging at Catherine with Thunderbrand yeah. or they were swinging at yeah. Raphael who was doing two hits and he was going to crit. His crit rate was over 75%. You so you're probably going to die just by swinging at them. Um, mm-hmm. So I felt bad. And like every death scene was heart wrenching for the blue lions. Cause it was just like, they were just following Dimitri to the gates of hell and it was a non stop yes! ride the entire way down.
0: Oh yeah. Yep.
2: No. And and he he comes at you and he says we're gonna kill them all and you're just like but I I want to like I like I want to be on your team I, yeah. I want us to work together to stop them and he's
1: like yeah especially because we had the common enemy of like, like we Edelgard is the enemy yeah. like why are you swinging we at don't us?
2: yeah we we haven't done anything we we've never done anything now, why are you what is going now, on I,
0: I understand what you guys are saying and I actually I having not seen the Golden Deer. I understand because without Byleth's influence on Dimitri post the time yep. split, that is how Dimitri would have yep. been. No one yep. could stop exactly. Dimitri because Dimitri was a bloodthirsty hound after his his, his, his his after his imprisonment. Yes, like he he lost everything in his mind. Right. Mm-hmm. It's only after yeah. Byleth trying to be there to influence him to calm down. Everyone else was in there, but he considered himself above them because he was the king. Not that he was better than them yep. as a person, but he was above them in rank. So he was actually ordering people. So that doesn't that that perspective doesn't surprise me at all because I saw how dark yep. Dimitri was to begin with. It took both Byleth, Roland, and the rest of the group to sort of get him to a place where he was calm enough. He still wasn't okay until dedu returned. When Didu returned, yeah. he turned a new leaf. And it was like, okay, Dimitri, you have seen the light of what you've been doing. And he comes to terms with it, too. And he's like, I was a monster. And he calls himself a monster yep. the whole time, right? He calls himself a yeah. bloodthirsty monster. So I, I get that. I want to know what Edelgard was thinking. Because I, I like the, the Golden Deer. So how did it end for the Golden Deer before we move on?
1: Okay, okay hold on. For, first of all, first of all, you you cannot just go jump to the how the golden deer ended without talking about the blue lion playthrough and that insect monster Adelgard final boss that y'all had to deal with because that crap was freaky.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's uh, not for us. We didn't
1: Uh that. Yeah, so Adelgard was
0: she took on the aspect of those monster things purposely in order to because mm-hmm. she was she started to lose. There was a point in which they turned around against the odds. They turned the battle against her with the help of the Mm -hmm. Golden Deers. So they actually took one of the big forts and essentially it was inevitable that the Empire was eventually going to lose because they basically rebonded all these alliances and they actually started growing the opposing force to actually become larger than the Empire at some point uh, with some key victories and that kind of stuff. So it was... Sort of like the World War II story, where there was a turning point, and then things started to go our way, and we won. You know what I mean there's yeah and and that's that's true for a lot of real world wars as as far as I understand, not a lot of them are complete one on one even battlefields it's there's a turning point and one starts to win over the other and then eventually a surrender. And that's kind of what happened, except Adelgard refused to surrender. So she did the last act of, like, sort of infusing herself with this monster crap, going all out, and she was out for blood essentially at that point and had no remorse. No remorse because she knew None. what she was doing was right, and da da da. So that's what I did. That's why I felt like the Golden Deer or the Blue Lion playthrough would kind of be the same. So, in my brain, regardless of the Edelgar the, the the Black Eagles, right? Which doesn't make sense yeah. to me because mm-hmm. they're red. Anyways, the Black Eagle playthrough, I'm more interested to hear what they have to say because it feels like there was at least a thread of truth between the two of the Golden Deer and the Blue yeah. Lions. Whereas, okay. Edelgard Brian, I- was, like, way different.
1: Alright, Brian, I got this one. So, okay. um... Guard, basically the blue lions battle stops at Guard. That is not where the golden deer starts. First that that's the first thing you got to you got to realize. Mm-hmm. Um you go after you take um I forget what it is. Like, this back, this that that giant fort. I think it's like Fort Mercius or something like that. Yeah. You take the fort and then somewhere out of nowhere giant pillars of light drop on the fort the minute you take the fort and everybody has to escape. So you're like, "Oh crap." Yep. You got a battle in the city, you take out the Death Knight, and then you go, um, I think when you you face the the Death Knight once on the bridge, face him again, you kill him, and then I think in that battle, you kill Hubert, I think, Mm -hmm. and then after that, you go fight Edelgard. After you um, kill Edelgard- He
2: never becomes a bug.
1: No, she yeah who right who does not become a bug like let's never clear. becomes a she's bug. just Adelgar. We don't
2: know. Um, never see that. Yeah, she
1: doesn't. She doesn't actually transform for us. Hubert actually sends a letter to you about the true enemy of the game called those who slither in the dark. That's literally their real the bed, name is yep. those who slither in the dark. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. so you get back to um the monastery. And when you're sitting there basically celebrating your victory over Edegard and the war is over, um, somebody shows up and they're like, uh, oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. Before this, you get back because the whole time Claude has been trying to get to the bottom of the answers. And I'm going to skip over what the answers are and what's actually going on in the world and like Rhea and all this other stuff. We're going to we're going to like skip that and we're going to come back around to it. So you get this giant information dump about um, from Rhea about everything that's going on. In the middle of the information dump, somebody shows up and says, hey, there's this army coming, and they have the banner of the creator. Now, remember, you had the banner of the creator the whole time. Actually, well, I don't know if you did on yours, but for the Golden Deer, the entire playthrough, you're basically flying under the professor's crest. Yes. So by- Yep. So, by the time you get to the end, somebody else has that particular crest. And Rhea's like, it's Nemesis. Now, I will say, you find out, um, Saint, what's her name? Uh, the saint of the, uh, the whole church. Um, uh, Saros. Yeah. Oh, Rhea okay. is actually Saint Saros from ancient times. Okay. So, so, what happened when you see her the beginning in the, that intro, that very first intro, where. Uh, Saros is fighting Nemesis and she's actually if you remember she like stabs Nemesis like 1500 times and it's very bloody and surprising for me in a Fire Emblem game and then she cradles yep. the sword and she's like mother and she's crying so that sword was actually the goddess Sothis. Nemesis actually when the, the Red Valley he actually killed all the children of Sothis and all of the weapons the um you know, the the fail knot and all those, the relics, those are carved out of the bones of the children of Saros.
2: Ooh. Bones and hearts or something like yes, that? Yes, the, the bones and, yep. and then
1: the the crests are the basically like the infusion mm-hmm. of the heart or something weird like that. So his yep. sword, the one that you have, the sword of the creator, that's actually Sophis's bones that's been carved out of it. But she put and so what Rea did or Sophis, I mean say um I forget all the names now. It's too many. Saint Saros. What Saros does at your birth is she puts Sothis's heart in you, which is why you and Sothis are bonded at the game. Yep.
0: So you get a lot more backstory with. Um, oh yes. With the golden deer yes. versus like it, yes. it ends at the war with the blue lions. Interesting.
1: Yes. So the final battle, you fight against Nemesis because when you oh yeah I'm sorry after after you beat oh, Evergard, first- I'm sorry I did I did miss one part. Mm-hmm. After you beat Edelgard, you go down and fight those who slither in the dark. Because remember, at the end of the Blue Lions, you never fight the people that killed your father. So yep. you go in the Golden Deer playthrough and you actually take all those people out. You go underground. You fight some freaking giant Gundam-looking mechs or something like that. Like the battle is utterly crazy. It's like basically yeah. it's like a futuristic setting in Fire and Bloom. Yep, and. Um, the...
2: What? Yeah, so I they basically say, have like add, ancient
1: technology and all that.
2: I will add that they that they do they do push hard at, like those who live in the dark are are like they're almost like making everything else everybody else to be pawns.
1: Yes,
0: um, right.
2: And so like Edelgard was a pawn. This everybody else was a like Edelgard was a pawn, and 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 uh, the blue lines and how they reacted. Like this is all orchestrated by them. They like, they could have the freedom to act the way they wanted yeah. to act.
0: Now, yeah, so other. in the Blue Lion playthrough I want to clarify something. The people that killed Dimitri's father was actually the um, not Dedu's Dimitri's father was Dedue's people. That's a solid fact. Because um, you mm-hmm. actually get into the actual event and Dimitri knows what happened and who did it. However, it was actually orchestrated by Edelgard's mother and yes in that so like there isn't there isn't a question of who killed dimitri's parents in that in that timeline but it's
1: i watching it having played the golden deer and then watching that cutscene because I, I saw when it happened mm-hmm. um the basically the only way that it could happen and she jumps and Adelgard's mother basically jumps countries is those who slither in the dark because edelgard actually ends up getting experimented on which is why she has white hair And the Mm -hmm. same with Lysithia. They both get experimented on, and they get two crescent implanted in them. So they are the result of, like, genetic experiments and other stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it gets nuts. So, yeah, so you take out those who slither in the dark, and when you take out them, that's why Nemesis shows up. Mm -hmm. Um, You save Rhea in the process, and then Rhea, uh, basically, I think she turns into a dragon again and, like, helps, like, you know, gets a deus ex mach in a moment. Uh, basically, where everything's crumbling down, and she helps save from the Pillar of Light that are getting ready to go off. Um, but then, yeah. So, information dump. The Nemesis shows up, and then the final battle versus Nemesis. What about is when she goes has, mad? You said what? What
2: about when she goes mad?
1: You said when uh, Rhea goes mad? Mm-hmm. I don't remember her going mad. I mean, I'm I think about the other playthrough. Yeah, I think you're going. I'm thinking about the other playthrough, Yeah. But, yeah, so Nemesis shows up, and he has the 12, um, uh, what were they, the Saints or whatever it is, or the 12 founders. I don't remember what they're actually called. But he basically has them with him. Um, now, they're not the actual founders. They're basically like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Naruto, where they have, like, the reanimation Jutsu. Like, that's basically what it is. I, so I only saw
0: like... the original five seasons of Naruto, because I couldn't care. Okay, if you saw <laughs> if you
1: saw the... Um... Season
2: three would have had it.
1: Yeah, when they revolted, when they had the um, Leaf Village thing, they had them, but the reanimation Jutsu. But anyway, that's basically what it was. So you basically fight Nemesis on this battlefield where he has all the the Twelve Saints and plus a bunch of other dudes. Um, for me, the final battle was a little o- underwhelming um, because after you take out though though the for me the real final battle was those who slither in the dark. Like that, the map was cool, the setting was cool, um, just yeah. everything you had to do to take down. Um, the boss in that section, like that, was just—it was a really great map. It was really memorable. Um, taking down Nemesis just seems anticlimactic. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, it's like, oh, by the way, you freed Nemesis. You're gonna fight him on a swamp, and the swamp will deal damage. I was like, oh. It was straightforward.
2: It, it was very straightforward. Yeah. Forward. It, it was felt just very like, tedious. It, it was—it was a tough battle in my opinion, but it was straightforward. It was just like, go, just go, get to here and kill him.
1: Right. Yeah, so that's, to me, the the difference between the Blue Lions and the Golden Deer was, like, staggering um, because they ended up, and I, and I can't remember, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Edelgard, um, even before you take her life, um, she's basically kind of, like, remorse. She's basically remorseful for what she's done versus the Blue Lions playthrough where she, you're trying oh, to give her a second chance to in. save her. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah she yeah. tries <laughs> to kill you, you right? and then she, she you're she like, needs needs no. yeah, it it, it Speaking of anime, it reminded me of Frieza in Dragon Ball Z. He was like, "Here, take a little bit of my energy." He's like, "You monkey, I'm still gonna kill you!" <laughs> <laughs> <No>! <laughs> oh, like that's what it felt like when I was watching it. Um, so, you know, like, let,
0: let me ask you this: so because because you you did the Golden Deer and then saw the Blue Lion, do you feel like the Blue Lion just isn't the whole part of the story, or do you think because it's the total separate timelines? That they're that they the the ones who slither aren't really as involved. That it was just Guard.
1: Um, having seen the way the Blue Lions ended, I'm like, there's no, there's too many unresolved threads. But I um,
0: when I did the playthrough, I didn't feel that way. They they wrapped you did, you, it up very neatly, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, but you never get to see the guys that killed your dad. That killed and your dad. A, well by you know, to kill by Yeah, I know I know like, what
0: you meant by your dad. I don't remember yeah. I don't remember. Remember that they theme.
1: show up, you you try to run back time and then it, I forget the guy's it. name, but he basically like shows up. No, no no no, they girl. show
0: up later on.
1: In the blue line playthrough? Yeah, they do. And you have to fight so them they're
0: and they're actually them all? A, a pretty non committal battle and you kill them. It's actually like um like eight a right. t- eight, eight tenths of the way where you actually kill them. Um, oh wow. Yeah, big, you like, actually
2: killed they're like them. They're the big baddies. They're the big baddies for us.
0: Like No, they're Edelgard. not. They're 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 part of Adelgard's um conspiracy. Basically. Hold up, say what? Yeah. Really? Like they're under Adelgard in this as far as I understood it. And now that part I missed. There's totally- there's actually uh now I may be misremembering right but like there's the reason what i what I'm remembering is there's a chance to go after them and byus stops you stops dimitri from doing it because dimitri's still in his lone wolf mode right uh-huh. there's a chance to go after him they wait I think it's the same battle as the dark Knight that die that when the dark Knight dies uh-huh. um I could be wrong because it has been a long time but i don't feel like that was a missing thread the 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 who killed your father thing became both unimportant to Byleth and also wrapped up anyways um oh wow so cuz bylith was no we need to think this calmly if we're going to win in the bigger picture right he was the voice of reason to Dimitri's let's just kill them all and so, like, I didn't... On top of it not being a problem, like, I think that you actually do take care of those people. And it's just, like... It was just part of Edelgard's plan the whole time. And her mom. And they oh, wrapped wow. it up pretty neatly that way. That's my take on it. I could be wrong. There could be undone threads. But, may, like... Um, on the same point, if I am right, I feel like maybe... You interjected some of the the deer's knowledge into what was happening in the Blue Lions timeline. I feel like they're separate for a reason, right? I didn't feel yeah, that, I, that Blue Lion I, actually was missing anything because of what happened.
1: I definitely think that they are um, different threads. It's almost a parallel universe timeline,
2: a, a timeline of parallel universe. It's very interesting how they how they created these different branches. They're not like you get more. For more information on my story it's like oh no 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 you play you created a different timeline because you played this way
1: yeah it's it's very steins gate esque where you know if anybody's ever seen the anime it's basically like the threads of time are like very woven together but your choice has like Ripples. rippling effects throughout time that like changes like major portions of what's happening in this, in the this story um like honestly when i was watching the blue lines playthrough after having completed with the Golden Deer the whole time, I just kept expecting um, uh, Dimitri to die. Honestly, I was like, he's like, they're going to have to kill him. Like, there's no way around it. They're going to he's a madman. They're going to. And then when he like eventually has his nice redemption arc, I was like, wow, like I could not believe that they brought him back from the brink of whatever the heck he was.
0: Yeah. I just yeah, I don't I didn't feel that at all. So I'm still really curious how do we justify Edelgard? How do they even try? Like
1: Um, I mean for that portion they basically she started the war because she felt she was upset with Saros' lies the entire time. Like that that was the big issue for her, is that Saros had all of these lies, A about who she is, because obviously she was masquerading as Rehea. Um, about what exactly was going on the control uh, they had the world. Yes, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and she said that Saros was a big reason That the power was split up So if you remember, everything was the Empire And then they had that little schism mm-hmm. And then the Blue Lion Showed up Because of that schism I forget what, what, their, group is, what their empire is called And then after that The Alliance um, mm-hmm. rose up too, yep. which stripped more territory and more power from the Empire and that was something that she, um, she really blamed Saros for she wanted to unify everything um, right she wanted A she wanted to unify everything and B she wanted to take down those who slither in the dark that were pulling the strings behind Foldland and doing a lot of things there as well
2: But uh, her final boss one of her final because I think she has, she has two different halves yeah. if I can recall yeah. correctly and one of them is, it's her final boss is Raya. One of them. Huh. Raya goes. Okay. Ray actually goes insane. Um.
0: With power. Sorry.
2: She actually goes. She actually goes insane. So she, <laughs> she goes feral, and that's that's one of your endings. Is you, you fight a feral Rhea. The other one, I can't remember, I think that's the. I can't. The other one is if you just, you actually can join her if you uh mm. if you have enough and things play out a little bit differently but you can't actually join her. Okay. I'd have to mm. I, I have to, I, I, that one I don't know I don't know how that goes because Brian didn't do that. He he, he found out afterwards yeah. you had to have like you had to get your relationship and this up so high at a certain point or you missed it or you cannot do it.
0: No. I find that that part at least interesting, but it seems like whichever house you choose, they're in the right. And it's the clear answer that they're in the right, which is, which I think is fair. You know what I mean? Cause they don't want to make you yeah. have a feel bad. It's like, cause that if, if they hadn't re- neatly wrapped up what was going on with the blue lions, cause then you never really solved anything and status quo and they're hiding in the dark to strike again when they're more powerful Right. If if you if you take what the Golden Deer has and it just and the 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 blue lions just end before what actually happened if the golden deer was the true timeline or something.
2: Yeah. Um, I, see I
0: am interested to see in the history of Fire Emblem which path they take <laughs> to say which one actually happened. Um to make that one that goes the true playthrough, because uh, games are not above doing that. Diablo does that, where the true ending is the the warrior ending of Diablo 1 versus the other ones.
1: Yeah. So, there's a couple theories out right now about it, because I did do some uh, looking up about it. Basically, oh, I there's... No way. The, the <laughs> first one is that the Blue Lions were the true timeline, because in past Fire Emblem games, the group that you were always with was always blue. Yep the enemies were always red and then the allies were always yellow. Yep. So oh, okay. that's based, interesting. On, based on that, they said that the blue lines are the that's correct a, timeline. The other ones, that's some game have theory also logic. said that <laughs> yeah, the other ones, the other ones have said that the golden deer, um, was the true timeline, um, based off of some of the events that happened, um, with Rhea, obviously the information dump that you get, Yeah. um, and some other things, and then some people also say the the timeline where you join Edelgard um, is also, so there's like theories for each one, I think each one except for the one where you stay with the Church of Saros on the because, Black yeah. Eagles um, yeah, like if you stay with the Church, then that's not the real I, thing
2: I, I really think it's it's, so. it's between the, the Blue Lions and the uh, Golden Deer I lean heavily towards the Golden Deer just because of the amount of information and the, it seems yeah. like it's, and it I may say, say, I may say, it seems like it's more fleshed out, or it has more backstory to it, whatever, however you want to say it. I just feel like that one has a lot of lore, a lot of more lore dumped into it, and it didn't. I mean, though, Dimitri shows up as a feral person. Like up until that point, you're 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 like expecting if I run into Dimitri, we might be we might be allies. Like this is going to be great. Yeah. And then he just comes in he's like
0: Which is exactly what happens about the golden deers for us. They just don't know if we're okay because of what Dimitri did.
2: But as soon as, as soon as we get yeah. there he's like kill them all and you're like oh this is not the reunion mm-hmm. I wanted.
1: And you're like just
0: so oh these are not the droids you're looking for.
1: <coughs> right. So yeah, Brian, we are forgetting one thing though. Mm-hmm. Um remember cuz after the battle of grounderfield Dimitri dies unceremoniously. At the hands of some soldiers. Like, he doesn't even get killed by Edelgard, yeah. bro. He just killed, gets killed by some random NPCs yeah. with spears, fears.
0: Which is cool because they keep warning you, that's what's going to happen if you keep going out on your own. <laughs> like, everyone <laughs> keeps saying that to Dimitri. And Dimitri's like, well, I don't care. I have feelings. I'm going to go out there and fight.
1: He got what he got. Now, yeah. what, the great thing, you know, is the has a nice little portion of yes. the golden deer arc which i forgot I about um because he basically tells you about like i think like some secret entrance or something yep. like that and when yes. you go fight edelgard he actually shows up through like this secret side entrance to go fight yep. edelgard and i felt like it was my personal responsibility to keep that dude alive because he was the last of the yep. blue lions left in my time in here.
0: oh jeez. uh yeah to do uh i do want to say um uh like to do um it has a special place and again this is why the permade thing really just didn't sit well with me when it was to the do they got lost because the do is is so integral to the storyline that that happens post time split yeah. because the do isn't just what The reason why Dimitri is alive, he's also the reason why Dimitri comes back to reason, right? And that secret entrance you're talking about is how he got Dimitri out of the prisons.
1: Okay. Uh, Okay.
0: So, like, that secret entrance actually plays a part in my playthrough, too. Now, I didn't see anyone come in or out of that secret entrance because we didn't fight there. We fought in the Black Eagle capital. Yeah. For the final battle. Okay. Yep. Um, so I was actually doing a city battle, and then up into like basically a throne room. Garrett Mogg. Uh, you're fighting a Garrett Mog, right? Garrett Mog. Is that the Glag Eagle capital?
1: No, Garrett Mog is the monarch. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah no, yeah. we did not find the final Yeah, that's where that's where, that's where
2: fight. you try to kill Raya. Yeah, that's where you try to kill Raya. Yeah. Uh,
0: the I don't even think there's a battle at the monastery in my playthrough huh? that I remember at least
1: you should have one before the time skip when Edelgard first shows up.
0: no, there's the one outside of yeah. it, yes where where yeah. she turns into a dragon, but not inside, not inside of the monastery itself okay um I don't think so at least uh
1: so like okay, can I pose a quick question real quick? Sure. Uh, cause we have talked a lot about a lot of things in, uh, Fire Emblem. I'm just curious to see what everyone's favorite character was like f- that. Your first, your personal favorite character, um, particularly in battle, like something, okay. like, which character in, you think like,
0: I-, I can give you a straight answer in battle and it's to right. Um, to was my heavy hitter, uh, Anytime that he went up to a unit, that unit died the next turn. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the dude was a powerhouse. And then uh, I put him in heavy armor training and all that kind of stuff. And eventually he was just like a a heavy knight. But I also factored in a little bit of movement. So, like, he actually was, like, probably one of my most focused characters as far as battles go. Um, Okay. Outside of battle, I can't make a decision. And, I, and I'm being totally honest. I actually liked... Um, there were th- four characters that I really, really liked. Uh, and it was Dedue, um Mercedes, obviously. That's why I chose her as a romantic interest. I actually really liked Ingrid and what she was doing. Uh, and then also, I really liked... Um, ah, I can't remember his name again. The red-haired dude... Sylvain. 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 The the ladies' man facade was so cool to me. Like, the fact oh, yeah, that, that, that... that he was just like... That's what... If people are going to think me as a piece of meat because I have a crest, then so be it. I'm a piece of meat. Like, that, that owning of his attitude but still being sad about it was so cool. And, like, he was like and not cool in a good way cool like like it was a cool way to interpret that kind of pain you know what i mean mm-hmm. where he he was basically like he was basically playing like the the rich bachelor game like you only want me for my money or a aka you only want me for my crest and position you don't really want yep. me and so like fine then i'm gonna hurt you like like, that kind of thing. Like, to see that real person come out at times was really interesting. I liked Mercedes because the the, the, the stuff about Mercedes, like, how much she persevered, I'm not even lying. Uh, I didn't pursue her because of this because it's going to sound weird. But she actually reminds me a lot of my, my dad's mom, my grandma. All the stuff she went through and still persevered with a positive attitude. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Like, like, stuff like that. Like, um... It was just, like, it was really cool learning about everyone. I, I don't, like, I would almost pick anyone else in the Blue House, like, the, the, the Blue Lion House as well. Okay. Like, they yeah. were so good. Um, but, like, if I was, like, forced, like, you have to pick one, it's Didu. And it's because of Didu's growth of opening up and accepting people and eventually getting Dimitri to open up as well. Like, he was a catalyst, and he was very important to a lot of people in that, that group. He was like, he had strong connections with almost everybody.
2: Okay.
0: I think the only one... Okay. I don't think anyone could have not, like, a Max art with him except for um, Felix. I think Felix was the only one that really didn't do a lot with him.
1: Brian, who you got?
2: Um, Okay, so I'm going to exclude Claude because I chose the house because of him. So evidently, I I, I like the character yeah. a lot. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna exclude him. But going through like the other, other, the other people in the Golden Deers, and, and people go ahead. My favorite character, um, in battle, ended up being Ignat.
1: Wow! First of all, yeah. I bitched <laughs> Ignat, so this is surprising to me.
2: Like. <laughs> So in Fire Emblem, there's always this character who is usually just not good at anything. Like there's always, and if you persist, like i, I, I leaving previous games, it was it was something. that... His, one of his characters' name was like Rolf or something like that. He wasn't very good, but if you could persist with him long enough, he'd become like this amazing sniper yeah. or something like that. If you get, get the right class on him, so Ignots, but well, I, I he was he originally screamed, "Don't play, like don't use him very much." But I played him and I actually turned him into a mortal survive. Hmm. And he was, he was ridiculous. I mean, because he started up because he had all his other skills from the beginning, but now he's a sword wielding, magic using and bow wield, because he, he also knew how to use bows, bow wielding um, fighter. And he just clean he would he usually he was one hitting everybody either with magic or, or
0: I like to do one hit people love, but they didn't survive that. a second turn guaranteed
2: <laughs> and he had range because of the magic so it was it was I just I lo- I liked it I liked how I had him set up it was great um I also like this character because it was it was kind of a challenge finding Me find the right person to get him to open up um I it was between for me Marianne and and Licentia that I was trying to pair them up with. Um, inside and outside of battle, the other, the other person I'd say is Leone. Leone, I loved this character um, from being going to, from guarded to vulnerable as you got close to her, but also just how she played. I think she I think she starts off as like a a, a lancer. And then I, I became, she became like a mounted lancer. And then I turned her into a uh, mounted lancer. And what's, what's the riding sniper? I made her a riding
1: sniper. A bow knight?
2: So the riding sniper was, yeah, the bow knight. So essentially she was a bow knight. But she was a bow knight with all, which I maxed out all the lancer skills. So she had all the, you know, I mastered all the lancer classes. And I mastered a couple of the, the bow classes with her. So though she was a bow knight, she was still like a Lancer at the same time. So I, I, I loved using her too because I'd bring in a battle and I could go bow night and just clean house, hitting people from a distance. And as soon as I got up close, I would switch right back over to my Lance and I still have, you know, s rank Lance skills and she'd play like a Lancer then at that point. It was very, she was a very hard matchup for for, you know, the computer because it was like, well, she's not squishy like a, a typical archer. <laughs> yeah. And she, <laughs> right? And she has a lance which wrecks people who have swords, typically. And, and I had a lot of a lot of good weapons on her. But I also like that she became, you know, if 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 you get you don't know Cham, she was she's a huge fan of your father, mm. and
0: she actually oh, considers you a yes, rival. Yes. And then she was always back, hanging out with she, him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah. I was actually not a fan of her.
2: Yeah, it started it started off that way and then I, you know, as you got close to her, like I don't know if if you got if you got really close to her, she actually to the point where she actually likes you, like wants to marry you ish. Like I just kept getting close with her. It wasn't because I, I, I you know, I had intentions of marrying her, but as I got closer, I was like, oh, she actually I mean, she actually is nice. She actually, you know, she's opened up. She's showed she, me that these, this is an other side of her that she doesn't share typically. And that normally I would not like this character as, a, like, a potential, you know, marriage partner. Oh,
0: I killed her, yeah. too, but she, she had no problems opened with up that me way. during my playthrough. <laughs> she seemed perfectly fine. Like, I got no, even a rivalry out of her at the time. She was just like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of your father's, and I know we go way back and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. And that yeah, was that, it. Like she yeah. starts like, after... <laughs> after said. your
1: dad dies she has like one of the most like gut wrenching cutscenes ever where she's basically like yep. you don't appreciate your father and you I'm like she basically just goes off on you and you're yeah. just like holy crap and they, and they mm-hmm. save it they specifically like time gate it until after your father dies yeah there's certain interactions yep.
0: that, that happen because of that and there's a lot with dimitri because yeah. of because of what happens to him that are gated from the time skip. Um um
2: but so so those would be my two. What about you, Jacob?
1: Um, in battle, honestly, Raphael, I I talked about him a little bit earlier. Raphael to me was that dude. Like Okay, um,
0: remind me other than the Ninja Turtle.
1: Raphael, he was (laughs) the big one. Love to eat eat, eat, hope. Be big.
0: Oh, the short blonde hair.
1: Yes.
2: He was funny.
1: He I, was funny. I actually
0: he, like, he liked was him. The anim- he was probably the person I talked to the most that wasn't in my house.
1: Yeah. And he, he was the anime trope of big, strong character, also loves cuddly, cute things. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. But anyway, in battle, I had him, I mentioned, like, he was a brawler. Now, on attack, he actually, because he was, like, I had him, like, his speed pretty much, like, maxed out. So he ended up getting four hits four um hits every mm-hmm. attack. If you combine that with uh, a critical charm, he basically is like yep. critting every other hit. Oh, so dude. as soon as he touched somebody, they die. Oh dude
0: and have you ever give got... him a weapon?
2: You ever give him a weapon that gives him double attacks? And he does eight he got gold? oh
1: yeah
0: Dece. so like even though I didn't do any killing of the golden deer in that that multi house battle uh yeah. in the in the field, um he got destroyed by the black eagles in that battle. Wow. So what ended up happening? So he ran up and he tried to hit Dimitri. And Dimitri's armor and evasion because of the horse was way off the of scales. So it was like miss, yeah. miss, miss, right? And then <laughs> uh and then like Dim- like Dimitri was like, whatever, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna attack him. He didn't even counter attack, I don't think. I don't think he could. But um so like yeah. yeah, he's full health. He's like, apparently the computer realized it was fruitless at that point, so it just beelines to one of the the mage characters on the Black Eagles. I don't remember which one. Right, goes uh, goes the goes for the four hits. Right, uh, hits <laughs> two of them. The other two get dodged, and that person is like literally at two health. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, whatever. That character then just casts a spell at him, and he just dies. Like, oh, one, right. just like, yeah. boom. And, like, he's just dead. And I
1: was like, shouldn't have tried to hit me. I might have saved you. That sounds about right, though. He is squishy to magical stuff. Like, you get any magic spells in Yeah. Well, it, mean, it
0: made spell, me s- his- It made me scared of that character. That character died next. Like, because um, yeah. that was the turn I talked about. Dimitri just slew the bow girl. Yeah. So then, um, that guy ran up, miss, miss, miss. And then like the next turn I had moved Dimitri somewhere else. And then that guy went to hit the magic user. And then I saw what the magic user did to him. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm under leveled against the black Eagles or something. So I need to really take out that mage. So even though she had two health, I like committed some attacks to that (laughs) direction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it didn't go well for that so cool. mage. Um, I, I was gonna yeah. say, like, um, you guys talk about. You had a lot of archers. Like, I had one archer, uh, and Mercedes was a backup archer just in case. But I rarely used it with her.
1: I only had two archers. Well, technically three, but I didn't use. Um, what's her name? Uh, so many characters. Yeah. Uh, Shamir. Yeah, I didn't use Shamir that much. Uh, I used Bernadetta was one archer. And um, Petra was like half of an archer, but she was mostly a swordsman, a swordswoman. Right. So So I I actually. Oh, and uh, Cyril didn't use bows, even though his profile pick when he gets older, clearly has him with a quiver. Yeah, he didn't use bows at all. (laughs) And obviously we had Claude. Um, Claude had to use Felnaut.
2: Claude. Uh Leone, Ignace was good with a bow. Um, even though he was a mortal savant. Um, who else?
0: Well, uh my archer uh, was the silver haired kid whose uncle got tricked that killed Dadoo. Um, he was the only archer I had. But he was enough. Like between him and uh the red haired girl being another ranged unit, the rest of mine were pretty much melee units. I only had two range units. Units and they sort of protected each other uh, as well as the the melee units att- protecting each other, uh, protecting them. How many mounted units did you end up with? All Sam? of them were mounted, on in some way or, or another. <laughs> wow. Um. So oh, like, I had an insane amount of movement around across the battlefield. Uh, I think only Byleth didn't have any mounted unit, and because he was so fast from some other masteries that he did that he was actually outrunning um I don't know. I, I don't know. Dimitri and um Sylvain who were on horseback. Wow. Um Byleth, because of the, the masteries and stuff that I put on him uh he had an extra three or four movement. So he was like
2: even your mages were mounted?
0: Huh? Your mages? Yeah. Yeah they were on horseback. With your Black Mages? Yeah.
1: Uh, the Dark Knight and the Holy Knights can be uh, mounted, because that was...
0: Well, yeah, I know the Holy
2: Knight can, and the Dark Knight can, but everybody can't. Everybody, I had... Who was it? No, you know, I didn't go for the Dark Knight. I went for... What's the... There's a Grammar... grammar grammary or Grimoire. Yeah. Whatever, like, the the, the ultra, like, super dark magic class. Yeah. But you you, you lose all of the, uh, the movement. Like, you don't get the movement, but good gosh, your magic is... You,
0: no he uh everyone was mounted at, at some point especially my archer because he was really good about going in shooting from an extremely long range and then going back out of range in with the horse movement like
2: mine was 50 50 i think i think i well
0: roughly um he actually killed a boss on his own once like one of the boss fights, I can't remember which one it was, <laughs> but you had to. It was the second time I did. Uh, so the first time I quit, my um, save because I decided the permadeath was just not not sitting well with me. Was the 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 battle you had to go up a spiral? It's an early one. Uh, basically, I don't know if you guys did this, in the, but the blue lines you have to go up a spiral, and at the top of the spiral is actually. Um, the brother of Sylvain, who is the first, uh, monster, he, he becomes the first monster. Yeah. There's actually a cutscene for it. Yeah. Um, when he became the monster, I literally had the guy sitting on the other side of the wall, just pecking away at the second playthrough. Cause I beat it on the first playthrough, but the, the second playthrough, he's just like, boop, boop. Boop and eventually broke him right, and then people charge in, do their attacks, and then back out. <laughs> it was uh, it was a pretty quick battle because of him. Wow. Um, I think we've talked a lot about what I wanted to cover. I think we ended up covering story and that kind of stuff. The only thing that that I have listed in in my notes here is like the music, mood, and aesthetics. I feel that um, yes. it was very. Uh, anime first of all and then second of all very um knights and swords for me like very uh, kingdom large scale battle eventually like and then the ravages of war was like a constant thing that they talked about at least in my playthrough because the war was the focus right the war with Edelgard eventually became the focus and uh like it was about honor and chivalry and that kind of stuff and and everything sort of fit that aesthetic i will say that while the music is good again it's not very memorable to me and i say that a lot a lot in games because i just don't remember anything from it really catching me
1: um okay okay can i can i stop you there sure because you know i love me my music um i mean i do me, too yeah <laughs>
0: you're the you're I, the current musician i was also going to be a musician too at some point so
1: i mean fire this fire emblem track for me is probably one of my favorite soundtracks of all time especially considering um Ooh. that okay. you have to listen to the music over and over like and stuff just gets caught in my head like Oh, just I didn't get boring my,
0: for sure. That's that's one thing. Yeah, about
1: it. That's I mean, and when you're talking about a game that you're going to spend a hundred hours, ninety, eighty to ninety, sorry, eighty to a hundred hours just to beat it one time, like that's a lot. And for me to say a that I didn't get bored of any music, um, like my favorite particular piece of music is the uh, the battle preparation uh, music um, from early on. I, I forget when they cut it out. I think in some of the more serious battles, they cut it out, but it's kind of got this um, almost like a high school marching band meets like Fire Emblem with like the strings and like the uncertainty of battle getting ready. And it's like you can just imagine like everybody suiting up. It's like getting you hyped before the battle. Um, Yeah, I got I can't
0: tell you any piece of music in this thing. Like I didn't hate any of it. I don't remember any of the music.
1: That's crazy, man. Yeah. that's because
2: 'cause I'm a little bit on Cham's side on this one is that one, the none of the music like the music was good because I didn't get annoyed. Like that's like I can tell you right there, like like if I didn't like the music, typically in a game I'll be like, Oh my gosh. I need to turn the volume of the music down from you know like uh eight from eighty percent or ninety percent to like four. No like, I don't want to hear To be it.
0: fair, I think Jacob a lot of this comes from Your love for the series Like even though you didn't finish the previous ones You're very much a fan of the series to begin with right? Oh for sure So you, I think you're a little bit more versed in it For instance I don't think you guys Really would ever tear up On Proof of a Hero like I do And you don't even know what I'm talking about When I say Proof yeah. of a Hero That's the original sure don't. Uh, That's the original Monster Hunter theme Literally I will okay. tear up Every uh... time I hear that Like that but I have a much longer history with Monster Hunter than you guys. Right. I've been I was the one introduced it to Brian. Like <laughs> like and I introduced it to oh, yeah. him like four or five years after I'd already been playing it, right? Um and I actually introduced the original one to him, uh when there was better ones out. Yeah. But I mean I couldn't put a PSP on the T V at that point, even though I tried so hard.
2: Now was that's with that said. There are like two songs I did like love. Sothis, like anytime you interact with Sophus.
0: The- yeah, that's that's more than me. I can't remember any. Mm-hmm. That music was awesome. Like, like it got my attention And I'm like, oh,
2: wait. yeah, I love it. Like the chant, the chanting sound. I was like, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. And then the uh, the other, the overall uh, the music they play when you're in the uh, monastery, main it.
1: Yeah, you know the music that broke me though, mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. monastery music that they played after Gerald died. Where they <laughs> made the <laughs> monastery music super sad.
2: Uh, cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And and byleth is just looking at the calendar like, oh, another day I have to get up without my father. I was like, oh, yeah, well, yeah.
2: <laughs> you wake up, you stare at the calendar, you're like, man. Yeah, he's like slumped over. Everything just felt heavier then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they
0: did a good weird. job of making him feel sad without going overboard. Uh, I do, I did like that. Yeah, um, and the music does change. I do, I do remember that. I just don't remember the music. That's the problem. It's like, but I think a lot of that, Jacob, is the fact that that is like, it's not that music is your thing. I think it's that you are attached to this series and the music is a thing. You know what I mean?
1: I mean. I, i'll say that it's more that music is my thing um because I, I have had stuff where i've like listened. And i'm like oh this music is stressed like dude uh for example like i've played disgaea uh particularly this five music mm-hmm. there now that's some non-memorable music like it's just a bunch of midi horns and, and like some fake jazz and stuff and i'm just like oh get like get, get get this out of my ears but the game is so good that I'm just like I'll I'll finish it. Well, well, let, let, um, let
0: me clarify my position because I am also a music person, despite not doing it for a living anymore. Like literally, all I listen to is video game remixes now, and bare naked ladies. That's it. Like I'm sometimes the killers, but like I've been listening to almost exclusively video game remixes for the past eight years, right? And like yeah. They're from games I don't even play. Sometimes, like I have a Sky of Arcadia remix there that I love, and stuff like that. Like, Ooh, that's
1: a top like top I've top never top.
0: played Skies of Arcadia, and I love that song. Um, I have a yeah. uh, an original NES RoboCop remix that I'm obsessed with. Like, I literally, it's my favorite song right now. Never played the NES RoboCop. Never have. Never will. Apparently, <laughs> like so. Like I don't think it's the fact that you're a music guy. I think you. There's an attachment to the series. So, like, for instance, there is objectively good music in almost like, and you could, I think you can say that in most games, there is some really object- objectively good music. But part of it is like what we're attached to. And I'm saying this is just like, this is just my theory, right? I love Doom. And a lot of people who love Doom are really attached to 2016's BFG Division, right? That mm. you'll hear it a lot of times. It's what they played on the VGA Awards when Mick Gordon won the composer-artist song uh, for Best Music in 2016, right? I have an yeah. attachment to that series, thus I tend to notice that music and remember it better because it's been reiterated in my brain, right? Like, oh, this is a good one. Zelda. I have more to connect to. Yeah, I have a lot of favorite Zelda music. Even though I'm not as big of a big oh, of a fan Z- of Zelda as either of you two are. Um, oh, Zelda, I have... I have there. I have six Zelda albums,
2: like just like straight from from Nintendo. Um, I have I, I love love Ballad of the Goddess. Love, I mean. There is so many songs I I, I love the Gerudo Valley. Like there is just so much music from Zelda. I love
0: yeah. so of my so, eighty two tracks is... of of, of OC, OC remix stuff that I listen to. Six of them are Zelda songs.
2: Uh, oh that's 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 not good. um well <laughs> no, no no I, that's what I, what good saying,
0: because that's only there's only one other game that beats it as far as numbers and there's seven donkey kong country 2 songs
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> that's almost the whole album <laughs>
0: What of eighty-two? No, dude, that's not even close. No, I'm saying you said yeah. seven, seven, seven.
1: Of Doctor Country, Country songs.
0: oh no, a lot of them are actually remixes of the same song, which is, um, Sticker Brush. Oh, never mind then. Like, oh well. Sticker Brush Symphony <laughs> but, in in my brain is well, the, I, the <laughs> epitome of video game music. But anyways,
1: I, what I was gonna say was it it would I would go with your theory if the music was like full of repeats. But they don't. As far as I remember, I don't. Even, I don't even remember hearing the actual Fire Emblem theme in the game. It's new music. If it was there, that was non-memorable. But for me, the new—that's what I was saying. The new songs for me were really hitting home, and I—I I forget the um, the opening, the beginning battle, because the second half of the game they basically don't play it. Um, but that like that battle from pre-time skip, like that's some of my like favorite battle music. Um, in a strategy okay. RPG, because it' like the way that the dynamic transitions happen, where you are going into battle and stuff. Now, obviously, um, "Id Purpose" is going to be my favorite Fire Emblem song of all time, bar none. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it just lights my soul aflame flame every time I hear it. Well, as soon as I hear the vocal, that like as soon as I hear that, I am just I am ready to go. But like, yeah, the news for me, the new stuff was just the more memorable stuff.
0: Well, um, yeah. uh, so so let me come come at you with a counterpoint to that. Okay. Okay, so um, it's not that it, it's uh, reiterative of the music. Um, let, let me think of this. You are already aware that Fire Emblem music is good. Thus, you are already aware of the music that you're listening to now. Does that make sense? I mean... You're looking for
1: it. You're looking, kind of you're varies, looking for but it, Um for me... I've always like listened to music with a very, very, very open mind. I think that's why I like so many styles and a lot of weird music.
0: Well, I mean, too. to to that point, there are games I have never played in these OC remix stuff that I love. Like I love the songs yeah. for. Um, I, I I think what what I'm yeah you know, like so I'll, I have two different examples of where I actually really like the newer music for a game. Whereas I don't really care for the older music a lot of the time, like so like I mentioned, Mm -hmm. like proof of a hero being like the thing for me in Monster Hunter. I don't give two shits about any of the other songs in Monster Hunter up until probably fourth generation, which we're talking about almost fifteen years of Monster Hunter before I care about a monster theme. Wow. Um. Then I would say the Bracadius theme, which is probably actually earlier than fifteen years and some other themes that come on later on. Um, Like not a lot of the early stuff I like other than the main theme, which is proof of a hero. Um, And then another example is that um, the Diablo franchise. I love that game. I love Diablo there. I like the, the, a lot of people really hearken back to Diablo ones, the, the Tristram theme, right? The, the original town theme. That being very mm. memorable and that kind of stuff, I cannot n- tell you any one song I really care for in Diablo's franchise and it and it doesn't but it's not that like Fire Emblem is particularly good or bad. I think the music is good, but I don't think it's memorable to me because i don't I'm not looking for it to be memorable i'm I'm more focusing on the gameplay, thus my brain isn't really attaching to that music, right. There are, there are some games where, um, like, uh, have you guys, anyone played To the Moon?
1: I have not played it yet.
0: Where the music to To the Moon is integral almost to the game. It complements it very well. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, To the Moon is basically like playing Inception, except sad. You're literally going into someone's dreams and t- basically changing their memories to think they did something in their life. And it's a particular oh, wow. story of one. It's a it's an indie game. Uh, it's actually on on uh, Switch right now and and good old games. Um, I played through it twice. The first time I cried like a baby, because uh, it's it's just a sad song, like a sad uh, game. But the the music is very integral to that game, so I latched onto it pretty quickly. But like, yeah, I I think that. I'm not trying to discount the Fire Emblem music whatsoever. I just don't find it memorable because I don't have a lot of attachment to the series. Um, I think is my opinion.
1: Um, okay, I mean that's that's a valid opinion to have. Um, I mean, just, and maybe you're not
0: as, you're not as aware of it. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's like, of I, like, like when
2: I play a Zelda game, I'm listening for the music because i i previously I've loved the music. So I'm like, right. Ears are wide open, waiting to hear. Like, okay, is it as good as the previous ones? Is it, you know, what what new what new songs can I take joy in Versus like, I might pop in Fallout, New Vegas, or Fall. You know, one of the Fallout games, and I have no idea what any of the music sounds like because I don't remember any of it. I never. I wasn't listening to it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, wasn't I wouldn't
0: remember it. anything from Fallout. The short stint that I played it too, like.
2: None of it sounds memorable to me because it wasn't the music wasn't memorable. I was playing j I was just playing the story. I was doing my thing. Now if somebody said, "Hey, hear this song from Fallout. It's really good. Going forward, I might pay more attention to the music so I'm like, "Oh, right. there's some good music here
0: yeah and and I would say that it took until listening to remixes to really attach myself to doom music, too, a classic doom music, I would say. Mm. like yeah. um, final Doom has three of my four four of my my list and i don't remember anything from final doom until those remixes like and i'm like oh yeah i kind of remember that um but that doesn't mean that i picked up that song because i liked final doom it's like i actually like that song and it just um I, i don't know it's weird because it's like i don't feel that even though you do it partially for a living jacob for the music stuff I don't feel that you're any more musically aware than, <laughs> than anyone else either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I think everyone I mean, sees it I, that, as well. That's not,
1: that's not what I was trying to say. I'm just saying that I just listen. I've learned to listen to music with an open mind. Cause I've played so many different genres. Sure. Um, so like, okay, I'll give you another example. Like for me, uh, monster hunter, uh, the one on the switch, I don't know. It's got generations ultimate things on it. Yeah, it's a Capcom monster game, so they put 15 words after the first title. Well, anyway, it's just the expansion <laughs> uh, stuff, but yeah. yeah. But, like, my favorite music in Monster Hunter, which, again, I'm not looking for anything to like in there. Uh-huh. My favorite music, though, is a Village. Like, every time I drop back into the village and, like, I hear those peaceful strings, like, in the slightly happy music of a laid-back town before I go slay a giant beast. Like it just does something to me. Like certain things in certain games just catch up on to me. It's yeah. never it's never that I'm like looking for the yeah, next it. piece of music to find. Yeah. It's just that when I hear a piece of music that strikes me, and that's 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 what I'm trying to tell you. Like when when I turned on the game, I wasn't expecting the preparation screen to literally I remember sitting down mm-hmm. and, in, and everything in the were like, ba and I was like, "Oh, this is." I was like, "This is moving." Like, yeah. just, for me, it just caught me. Um, like I just had to be. I had the TV up a little bit, and I was like, "Huh, I like this music." Like that's just like if a good piece of music hits me, that's just how it hits me. I'm like, "Sure, ah, I like this music." Yeah, and
0: I I can so, certainly that's why that's why the, beat, that's why the I can certainly jive with that uh, for some other games too because um, no one had played Octopath Traveler until Octopath Traveler, like there, that was the first in its series. The first time I turned on that game, it sat at least an hour on that, that title screen while I was listening to that music. Yeah. At least an hour. Now, I was busy doing other things, but I was not compelled to hit continue because I actually liked what I was hearing.
1: Um, mm-hmm. There's only one game, actually two, there's only two games that ever made me sit at the title screen to listen to the, to the music. One was Halo. Okay. OG Halo. The second, which will surprise probably all of your listeners, is Final Fantasy Thirteen. That Ooh. piano solo intro at the top of that, I remember where I was in an old apartment on the east side of Columbus with the window open and somebody was cutting grass. And it was like a nice 65 degrees. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how much that song, like, it literally takes me back to the year, the time, the type the time of day it was because it was daytime oh yeah no that's a really nice song that's
0: the way the octopath traveler song is for me too um i would say it's interesting that you picked up on the burma village theme uh, of all the villages you can go to because hands down i guarantee you everyone's going to say their favorite is the poke village theme now um that comes from a history with monster hunter because poke was probably at the longest theme we had in the series because of how many games yeah. actually were set in the poke village and on top of that it's also a very cool and calming song um i would say for like an, an original soundtrack of any video game music ever poke village is my favorite ever so like okay and Burma doesn't even make the list for Monster Hunter music for me, but I do like it. So, like, like it's interesting because, like, maybe that does go to your point is, like, also it's preference too, right? Like, I don't find mm-hmm. a lot of the orchestra stuff that that is in a lot of games very memorable to me, uh, even though I was a classical instrument player. I was a brass player. Um, yeah. Now that the the heavy brass in the monster hunter theme hits me pretty close but that's french horns and stuff like that it's not really trumpets as much um which is what more i was used to um but like the any like really heavy classical themes like i just does that goes over my head because it was boring music to me when i played trumpet you know what i mean so like Mm-hmm. That probably go, went over my head for, for this also because I don't remember a lot of classical music because most of the time it sounds the same to me. Like, that's why I don't really enjoy, like, the Legend of Zelda orchestra and that kind of stuff. Now, I enjoy the Monster Hunter stuff because oh, I'm,
2: I love orchestrated music.
0: Now, I enjoy enjoy the Monster Hunter stuff. And actually, um, Octopaths, rather, is heavily orchestra. But, like, I just like that. Like, it's it's a harder genre of music for me to get into, which I think is what fire emblem has. But then again, I don't remember. Right. Like I actually prefer more jazz and that kind of stuff. So it was a lot to talk about music and barely about fire emblem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Suck it listeners.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is usual. This is pretty usual. Um, so like, do, is there anything else that we really want to hit before we wrap up? Like any final? Well, I I think we do need to have like a final like summary of what we think about the game, uh, and that kind of thing. Like, um, um but other than that, like, is there any other points that we really want to dive into before we we do that?
1: Um, no, I'm ready for final thoughts, man.
0: Brian. All right, final thoughts. Yep, I guess you're up. Okay, so my final thoughts
2: on this game is one, probably my one, of, probably my favorite Fire Emblem game. It it has a lot of improvements. Um, there is like you know, we have talked earlier. There are some, there are some glaring spots um, here and there, but overall, that I mean, just the games, story, the story, characters are compelling. The stories. Is, is good enough that it keeps you interested. The music, though, some of it's not as memorable as other pieces for me. Like I said, I really liked the op- you know that, that Sophist music and the, um, the monastery music. Everything else kind of it, it's it's nice nice background noise, but it it didn't really stand out as, as well as some of the, some other stuff. Right. And um, and just the replayability of the game. All those things make this game like a really really good game to me and, I'm, and it makes me really excited for just what's next for, Fire Emblem, for the Fire Emblem series because in my opinion the series have been kind of somewhat stagnant in just like changing its formula and I think they stayed true to its formula pretty well but innovated and added new, enough new things that a lot of the game felt fresh and more um, polished than it's ever been.
0: So. Okay. Uh, so Alright. Uh, so Jacob, what are your final thoughts?
1: Um, well, there are not many games that I can put over a hundred hours into <laughs> and actually beat, mm-hmm. um, like that that I want to beat. I mean, we're talking company of games like Persona 4, Golden, um, amongst very few others. Um, another series that I will never play. Oh, oh man. Don't, that's a. We gotta go to bed. That's the that's <laughs> for another podcast. Yeah, the golden um, sun. But Fire Emblem was a game that, um, I did take a small break. I think maybe like three weeks just after the time skip to kind of like clear my head. But once I jumped back in, I jumped back in with like full vigor and just like beat it. Just because the story, the characters, um, they did something special. Um, especially having seen two playthroughs where. The writing was so good. The translation was so good, where they made you legitimately care about whatever um, class that you picked, whatever house that you picked, made you care about those characters, put right. you in their world, immersed you in their world, and gave you a reason to keep playing. Um, for me, the combat was, was pretty high. Um, some of the side missions got a little bit um, tedious because you saw the same maps, Sometimes you just start it from a different angle. Yeah, um, I mean they the can only do maps, so much,
0: right? Like,
1: right. Yeah, um, but they were for the most part the story missions. Uh, they were varied. You know, it was really just the side quest that I had problems with. But um, but a lot of the character specific missions I had some of the best times on. Uh, shout out to Marianne's side <laughs> mission, which was one of the hardest in the entire game. They basically spawn a healing mage next to a bunch of monsters Mm. good luck have fun Uh, (laughs) right um but yeah so like there were some good challenges there um in the character specific portions um and overall they did a really good job to having to having done so many things at the same time the only thing i would have said that they needed to change was um the monastery i just thought by the end of the game going around and seeing everyone and talking to all the points and hating all the quests in the monastery, it just became a little bit tedious. Um, especially for somebody like me, like I said, that I pulled 11 extra characters into my house. Um, Oh yeah. So I was still like running around doing a whole bunch of stuff, had a tournament, had like eight or nine, uh, points to get rid of at the end of the, you know, for that week. Um, and that, and then at the end of the game, if I knew what I knew, I felt like I would have started the game differently when it came to, like, focusing my characters on, like, their specific skills and planning that kind of stuff out. I didn't really understand that until probably post-time skip about, like, how classes and leveling up skills really worked in correlation. Right. I'm- so, But overall, overall, I still give it, if I had to give it a number score, I'd give it, like, a 9 out of 10, if not a 9.5 out of 10. Okay. And it's definitely, it's going to be my top Fire Emblem game just because it was the only Fire Emblem game that was so good I had to beat it.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I'm normally not one to leave a game unfinished unless I d- despise the game. Um, Brian can attest to this many times, like uh, um, the original Fire Emblem that he let me borrow and um, most of the games he let me borrow, really. Um, <laughs> Fallout. <laughs> uh, Fallout, yeah. Um, I actually am pretty good about finishing a game, even if it kills me, like uh, Borderlands 1. Uh, just, ugh. Uh, um, I actually really had a lot of apprehension going into this. Um, okay. Uh, in, into the game. Because, like, I'm just... The, the, and a part of it is smash brothers right there's so many fire emblem characters that i don't care about don't understand in smash brothers i don't care how cool they are to other people it's like there's an uneven balance i don't want it anymore i want fire emblem to die so we can stop getting smash brothers characters <laughs> that are that are harsh. that are no i mean that was my mentality going into this right because that's all I knew Fire Emblem as. And that game that one time that the girl died and I didn't like... Okay, that was pretty crappy. I didn't really like it. Um, I do like strategy RPGs because of Final Fantasy Tactics and other things. But um, I'm just not... in. And, and it's got that anime aesthetic. And you guys know me and anime. I'm really picky about it. And I only like a few <laughs> yeah. ones. And like... I just like, there were so many things against this game that I would have never played it had Brian not bought it for me. And so in your guys's for your guys's sake, I actually said, I'm going to finish this game, whether I like it or not. And I liked it. And that's the surprising part to me is I actually liked it. <laughs> and what carried it for me was that relationship system. Now mm-hmm. I enjoyed the battle system when I got the hang of it. Um, and to be honest, I don't like my games always to be very tough. Like I don't need to have a extreme challenge. It's only a few games that I really like to be really tough, like uh, Doom. Doom, I, I haven't finished my nightmare run. I may at some point, but like, I'm okay with that being tough. Like I'm, but I'm more of like at plays at normal or hard mode and doesn't go above that. Like I just, that's just me. That's where I, that's where I live because I play a lot of different games and I, like if it's too hard i get bored or i get frustrated and um this game was the right amount of difficult once i got the hang of it aside from the few surprises i was like okay permadeath is just out of the question for me but i enjoyed the journey along the way i didn't hate the ending i actually found a lot of it pretty awesome Um, however, I don't think for me it's going to, at least anytime soon, warrant another playthrough because, one, it's the same game, right? I'm going to be playing the same battle over and over with different units, which is fine, but I'd rather see what comes next. Um, um, as far as the next Fire Emblem game, it's still not a lock-in on the next one for me. And that's just... There's so many things outside of the game that makes me not really attached to it, like the the problem with so many Smash characters that I really don't want to see more Smash characters be Fire Emblem. and I like stuff like that where I'm more of an action platformer kind of guy anyways. And strategy RPGs I do like, but it's it's a from time to time kind of thing. and I have more than enough okay. to get me through a long time. Like I'm just now playing XCOM and may pick up XCOM too. Like I, I didn't, like when I was talking about XCOM. I've literally started playing it in any sort of real capacity this week. Like I rented it like in 2010 or something before that. Okay. Um. So this isn't a, like, I like this game a lot, but, and so don't let me say, don't let me, like discount it by saying that I'm that I'm not really interested in another playthrough or in the next game as much as you guys are. I just don't have an attachment to the series. Yet. Okay. Um I have no love for Ike, Marth, Roy, any of them because they're just annoying Smash Brothers characters for me. <laughs> um
1: egg man. Say how you really
0: feel I, I mean I did. <laughs> I play Bowser. They're just like They're just, like, fodder in the way to victory. So, um... I mean, I I do play random, and I don't... They're not terrible characters. I'm just not interested in them. Um, Because I don't... I'm not interested in humans. I'm not interested in people. Because those are things that are already here. I like monsters. I like Bowser. I like Yoshi. (laughs) Like, um... There's not a lot I can say to improve the series because I don't feel like I have enough knowledge about just from this one game to say, hey, this needs improved, other than the relationship mechanics stuff with um, actually getting married. Like, that part where you're actually going after romance, just forget it if you're going to, like, put, like, th- literally three cutscenes and a little dialogue card at the end. Like, it's... Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like the, all the other relationship stuff, superb, and I actually really enjoyed it, and that's yeah. largely what kept me going. And I actually enjoyed exploring the monastery because of stuff like that, uh, seeing what people would say, and that kind of thing. Now, granted, I didn't have near as many people as you did, so that <laughs> that probably helped. Um, but yeah, overall, I think this is a great game. I don't, I just don't have an attachment to it. Okay. <laughs> I will um, have to say, I'll go ahead. I will say that like I will be excited if one gets announced for you guys, but it is a wait and see for me if I get it. It's it's not a day one buy. It is a oh is it better? Cool maybe you know what I mean. Yeah. Instead of a utter lack of interest that this was beforehand. You know what I mean. So yeah. it, it's 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 going up, but it's not like a, a day one buy. I'm I'm more interested in seeing Pikmin Four come out and stuff like that and. Yeah. Even oh yeah. Even even though I'm not super big on Metroid seeing you know, number four come out. Yeah, okay. Prime four sounds good. So stuff like that. Um Okay. Yeah. That's it. I think we did it in almost three and a half hours. That was insanely long. Mm-hmm.
1: It was. We did I, there was one thing I forgot to mention. Sure. <laughs> uh, go ahead, no, go ahead. Probably the the D, the D implementation, the implementation of the DLC was trash. I forgot. I did forget to mention. Oh, that. I don't. I'm not playing if the I DLC. Bought, it, if I had bought the DLC, I would have been pissed because the way that they did the DLC and the free updates and stuff like that, they basically rolled it into the story. So for everybody who adopted the game early and beat the game on the first on the one playthrough, who didn't care like me, who's like, I'm playing through a second playthrough, but like, I'm probably going to finish it in like two years. Yeah. <laughs> like it's basically back burner at this point. Like super back burner. But you basically have to replay the game if you've already beaten it and work it through the story. Like the new house and new characters, you basically work that all through the story instead of wait, a wait. house-specific addendum. There's a whole
0: new house? Holy cow. Yeah, yeah
1: there's a fourth house. They join, they, but they join your house. They fold in. You pick, a, you pick one of the three houses and then the secret fourth house joins your house. Oh, that just feels cheap then.
0: That just feels... Nah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, geez.
2: Yeah. Okay. Now... The thing I forgot, the battle system changes. Those were the things that I just forgot. I kind of glazed over a little bit. I don't know if you if you picked up on some of them, uh, Jacob. As you played, I, is,
1: I missed the. Tri- I was sad the triangle system basically disappeared. It's there. Well, it's, it's there, not completely it's a gone. Specific it, slot. It's skillful, but, but here's or the or thing: evasion. I think
2: here's the here's the thing: skills didn't really exist much in the other game. That is true. Very rare. That is what I was, That that is what just blew, like, made this game so much better for me from a, from a fight perspective than any, than any of the other Fire Emblems. I know that the whole tree is partially there. I didn't care about that because they actually gave us skills. You could learn and skills and use them in battle to help you get an edge versus just, like, stat on stat. And then the fights with the monsters yeah. and the fights with some of the, the bosses where you had to break... You could break them and stagger like that. Those were all new things that made that battle system more complete. Okay, they were and felt less. Yeah, capable. I actually they were
1: awesome. But the problem again, I like the was the implementation and the confusion and how they were done. Um, I know this because having watched my wife play the game, there was a lot of things that she didn't understand. That because I had played a full playthrough, I was able to like help her understand. Like, what did she not um, understand? Okay. Well, because they they basically really didn't explain um with the the skill system like the battalion they kind of like gloss over uh weapon durability so if you're not really paying attention to it you're just gonna like oh like, yeah so she yeah. was like running skills she was like using i forget what the uh the first skill you get on by which is like minus three durability <laughs> so she like yeah. ran out of the iron sword by like the second battle i was like what the heck happened to my sword i was like oh but i was like you can't run that that many times and that and um, the skills like they should have given you another pop up the first time you run out of skill space because you if you're not paying attention to like the skills that you're gaining like I didn't even know for like I think it was post time skip when I was like oh I have a bunch of skills that I need to sub out because you don't get extra slots you basically have like four or five right. slots for the skills and then you need to manually sub them out um yeah well, that was I mean, a little thing. You, you talking about combat skills so you talking about
2: passive skills
1: yeah, well they said they said like you got this combat skills, or passive skills and, if, Jacob. If, and again this, this is the difference between like a normal playthrough or a hardened play i think i think it's hardened mm-hmm. or like crazy or whatever it is like mm-hmm. you basically if you don't know that stuff is there then that stuff has a detriment if you're playing on like a harder difficulty if you're running that your first time out the think because i know some people who did that um you know, but I just like to. I like to play my stuff like very raw and organic, versus like trying to find a guy on the internet to do things. I just like kind of like working the systems. Yeah, I, the problem I 100% was they give you tutorials. You, yeah. yeah, they give yeah. you. My problem was they gave you these tutorials before you really understood the tutorials. Okay, you know, so you kind like, of gloss over it
0: because you're like, that's for later. Yeah,
1: you're glossing over it an hour in the first hour, but I'm not really going to max out my class until hour five or six and there's so much going on in the game that I'm going to forget about what happens when you master a class that you get a special skill from it and then when I max cool. out my skills because I don't have any more skill slots I need to go and make like just little stuff like that. that that's why I said it for me it's a nine because there's like some of the implementation that they did was just a little wonky in terms of like how you get it to the end user um, seamlessly
2: Well, I mean, so I'm not going to defend it, but what I'm going to say is that some of that is, like, we've had, like, passive skills. Like, the skill slots for passive skills, that's been in the game for quite some time. But for people who are new, I could definitely see, like, I didn't pay attention to that because it didn't matter until, like you said, four hours into the game when I mastered a class and now I want to switch classes and I got four new skills and I didn't equip them.
0: Right. Okay,
2: but yeah, I get. I... That, that's it. That was it for me. But that being said, <laughs>
1: it's a great game. If you haven't played yep. Fire Emblem yet, you owe it to yourself to at least try it out.
0: No, <laughs> nine point five. Yeah, play it. It's really good. Um, if you're interested in it, play it. If not, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: it was the second RPG that my wife played. First one being Pokemon, which gets everybody. But I was actually surprised that she completely beat Fire and Bloom. Okay. Yeah. All right. And she doesn't. She abhors or appreciates them. So and she still loved the game. Interesting. Okay. Very. Um.
0: Well. Uh. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, this is. Uh. I go by normally Fortwine, but I was going by Cham today. Uh. My real life nickname. <laughs> um. You can catch me. <laughs> At Hunters Hub Pod on Twitter, and um, make sure to check out all of our other shows. We do a weekly video game show. We do the monthly side quest where we talk about a game like this, but in lesser detail. We just play it for a month and then all sort of talk about it. Um, this is more. This show was more of a deep dive, and we might do some more of this um later on. This was kind of an experiment to see if it was a good thing to do or not uh more so from my side i will probably post a video and if it gets two listens i will probably keep posting stuff like that i just like recording sorry <laughs> um <laughs> but anyways um brian is there any way we can find people can get a hold of you if they want to shout out to you um
2: twitter b a7 okay you, you, you can always find me there
0: all right and jacob what about you
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Holloway, that's H-O-L-L-O-W-J-A-Y and the fourth IV. So, you can find me on there. Uh, You can look for me on Instagram, but I'm probably going to decline it. (laughs) So, that one's personal. But you can find me on Twitter. I'll I'll be there.
0: Yeah. I I would say, yeah, the Twitter stuff is what I do for the podcast. The other stuff is personal. And I don't really do anything with those anyways. So... (laughs) Well, alrighty, guys, thanks for joining me tonight, and uh, I guess we'll see if we do this again. Hey,
2: guys, thanks for listening. Yep.